Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I'm the other one, Bartek. Hello, Bartek. How are you? Yeah, you know, right. Well, we're Spit and Polish, <laughs> likely because we are always spitting. And laughing. And laughing. Well, laughter has spit involved because, you know, saliva. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have a dry laugh, which I don't like. And we are both Polish. Is that not correct, Bartek? Tak. Is that Polish? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. I mean, tuck. So, Bartek, on a, on a, you really got me laughing. It's because you're making direct eye contact me, with me while you speak Polish. Well, I did say that we laugh on the show. Yeah, we do, and we cry as well, because we cover unappreciated masterpieces. Movies that haven't gotten the love that they deserve. They're not completely forgotten, but they're not completely remembered either. I wouldn't say that these movies necessarily range in people's top 10 hated list or top 10 loved list, but they are pieces of art crafted by experts or people who have a passion. There's someone came up with an idea. They took that idea to Hollywood, and Hollywood said, you know what, that's a great idea. How about we get people involved, a director, you know, a producer, you know, actors. People had hopes and dreams for these pieces of art, and maybe we, the audience, the general masses, didn't appreciate it when they came out. I agree. Actors are a good idea. Actors are a good idea. I, mean, I love movies without them, though. So, Bartek, what is the unappreciated masterpiece we'll be covering in this episode? Because I don't know, because I'm in the episode. I can't read the title of the episode. Then how do I know? Because you are from the future, and you've travelled back to ah, tell me what it is. I see. <clears throat> The film that we are doing on this episode, I almost said today, but you can listen to this anytime, is... Or night, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. The movie is Czarownice z Eastwick. Could you repeat that? Czarownice z Eastwick. Okay, I understand one word, which is Eastwick. Well, there are three words, right? Is that That's Polish too? Because well, you're speaking Polish, right? Yeah, it's a Which title. is really embarrassing, because I know we're both Polish, but I am not... Of the language. I can't speak the language. It's really embarrassing. I was born in Australia, didn't get the, Ryan, the Polish vernacular down. You know that this is like the 121st episode, right? Yeah. You haven't learnt it yet? Well, no, it's a really hard language. That is. Even true. you have trouble saying it. Sometimes I'll be like, Tuck. hey, Bartek, how do you say this word? And you're like, let me look it up. And I'm like, do you know how to speak the language? And you're like, yeah, but it's really hard. Give me some credit. I look it up in my head. Sometimes. Sometimes. So, what's the movie? Shut up, Nietzsche's Eastwick. Yeah, but what's it in English? Oh, right. Um, it is Witches of e The Witches of Eastwick. The Witches of Eastwick or just Witches of Eastwick? The Witches to... of Okay, Eastwick. The Witches. No, Bartek, we don't always do this show alone. From 1987. Oh, from 1987? Great. I didn't want to get confused with the TV show from 2009. No, or the we, book. we have guests. Guests. We usually just have one guest, but sometimes we, we like to dabble it up by having more than one guest. We have two guests. We have some witches joining us. Or as male witches, I don't want to assume gender of the guests, but if they're males, they're called warlocks. <laughs> we are joined by Nick and Lachlan from the Pitch of This Podcast. Hello, guys. How are you going? Now... It's very funny. When we're not doing The Witches of Eastwick, because I watched Witches of Eastwick. Shit. God damn it. So, you're, oh! so you're you miss out on so many of those intricate details. Yeah, they just drop all the joining words like the and in, and, my version. And and of. It's and a much if. shorter movie. You'd be surprised yeah. how much you can cut out by getting rid of those words. So, which one's which? Nick, Lachlan, Lachlan, Nick, tell, you, tell the oh, audience. Okay, so this voice you're hearing right now is Nick. Hi, Nick. 
And this voice you're hearing right now is Bartek. Hi, Bartek. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. <laughs> now I'm stuck with Lachlan's voice. <laughs> oh, you wow. poor sucker. <laughs> oh, fuck. Got a bit high, more high-pitched? Uh, hi, guys. There we go. <laughs> I'm not that high-pitched. Ryan, be as realistic as me. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll be as realistic as Bartek. So, hey, it's me, Lachlan. How are you going? <laughs> hey, guys, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? It's Lachlan. <laughs> Why do you make me sound like an Italian immigrant on the American boardwalk? <laughs> hey, are you not? Hey, it's little Jimmy. <laughs> hey, guys, it's me, Lachlan. I, I carry a switchblade. Hey. <laughs> I carry a switchblade, but I'll shine your shoes. Hey. Apologies hey. to all the first-time listeners. So, guys, hey. we are joined by another podcast for this episode. You guys are from another podcast. Correcto. Tell us a little bit about it, because no joke. We've been on their podcast as guests. <laughs> That's not a joke, guys. That's right. We <laughs> had them. That is 100% a fact. <laughs> the one where I find good. it so funny. Woo. Now, here's the, here's, here's the non-joke. I I know for ages, I've listened to your podcast for, for quite a while, but I keep oh, forgetting the name because I kept saying to my girlfriend, I'm like, oh, I'm listening to the Pitch Them This podcast, which I was like... <laughs> <laughs> we, we pitch appliances that you yeah. could use the Eastern Europe rip-off or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, and then every time I look, I'm like, oh, it's Pitch. Picture. Yeah, if you go to some this. sort of uh, market in Southeast Asia, you can find copies of our podcast called the Pitch Them This Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is a combination between our podcast and episodes of Shark Tank, I believe. You yeah. know what's really a bummer about your podcast? When I Google it, there's another podcast with the same name that's yeah. about photography that's yeah, yeah. high on the list. You and I listened to their no podcast idea. accidentally one time, and I'm like, this doesn't sound like, like Nick and Lockley. Why aren't they talking about is what they talk about? A problem we we spoke about <laughs> during the week. We were like, how do we become bigger as a podcast? All right, so we tried Googling it, and we're not even, we don't come up. Yeah, so you're like fourth down. Search, yeah, it's not, it's not great, but you know what? It's it's, it's the, worth the, the it's hunt. the photography podcast, and I think there's a Glaswegian band. <laughs> there is, and also there's another podcast called Picture This that owns a lot of the domain names through, associated with the podcast, and it's actually a very similar concept, but they haven't existed for like three years. So oh, there you go. Well, you should have your podcast be named after a cleaning for you, like. So I meant euphemism for cleaning, but I yeah, that's cleaning. us being polish. Uh, <laughs> ah. So, what is it that you do on your podcast? Because I know I've been on there. I was pretty good. Cool. But tell I was the too. people who haven't. Um, and I just nodded at each other. I guess yep. to <laughs> handle it to one another. The count of three will explain. Picture this is an. Imp- oh, he's going to say it at the same time. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh, sorry, I didn't know if we were doing like a one word at oh, a time thing. Okay. Picture this is about an. I already feel like you've gone down the wrong <laughs> Picture this. Picture this is a improvised comedy and film podcast where we make up a movie based off of three random prompts. Exactly. We make up completely random movies. Okay, three you, broke, random you broke the one word thing. Well, okay. people might have been, you know, not completely on board with that, but we make up a movie. Uh, Movies these days, they are too much the same. So we thought, let's go back They're to the They're all reboots, remakes, sequels, prequels. Yeah, 100%. So we thought we could actually have a crack at doing our own. And we've come up with, so far, many, many original movies. Uh, also, not that good. Well, you know, you be the judge. <laughs> What's the best one? What's the one that you legitimately want to see as a movie out of the ones you've made? I know Locke has a definite, definitive answer for this. I he looks a bit stumped, though. No, he does know. It's me, Lockwood. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. my favourite one is... I know, it's the Quidditch one. Oh, the Quidditch one is good, that's yeah. The one I like you, that. Whenever we get asked that, that's the one you've typically what's, said. What's it called? Uh, Mid-Afternoon Quidditch, that one was called. Classic. Who's the lead star? Um, Come on. 
Elijah Wood. No, it wasn't Elijah Wood. I know we had the original Harry Potter trio in there, but only as cameos. <sighs> Hard to say exactly. Um, it's a it's a very old episode. We used yeah. to be on community radio, so it's from back then. Nowadays, back in the day, but now you're day. on proper non-community. Now we're on yeah. the internet, which is much which- more exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so just in case people you know wanted to you know, go back into the archives, there is a Quidditch-based podcast. What about you, Nick? What's your favorite episode? Uh, I like one we did very recently. Uh, not setting out for you guys necessarily, but there was one we did with uh, Fuzzy Dan, who yep. spoke the puns, um, called Great Perplexed. Podcast. You yeah, will be. Yeah. Uh, about <laughs> you know, that one. A, an apocalyptic shark-based tidal wave. Caused that, by an alien-infected meteorite. Which gives uh, Vladimir Putin the opportunity to be the world saviour that we all know him to be. Wow, that's... the ancient skill of samurai. That's so similar to, to the, the movie the that we're covering in today's episode. <laughs> oh, Seamless segue. The Witches of Eastwick. Mm. The 1987 George Miller movie with, uh, well, everyone's in it, really. I mean, it's even got Richard Jenkins in it. I mean, everyone's names. in it. It's got like I do like Richard Jenkins. Like, it's got like six Oscar-nominated and or winning actors in it. And RJ, directors. So. As we call him. RJ. RJ. Different. Reggie. <laughs> so, guys, Reggie you've got to have a copy of the movie at home because I imagine everyone has a copy of the film. And if you're an idiot like me thinking the Australian Netflix will still have a copy a week after you look, <laughs> a week a week after you added it to your watch list, it doesn't. Fuck you. That's what that's what George Miller said on the Australian Netflix. <laughs> he, said, he said, fuck you. I remember <laughs> Polish Presents, proudly brought to you by Netflix Australia. He got, he got rid of it from the Netflix catalogue and he uploaded a video of him going, middle fingers to you. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. you. And yeah. holding his Oscars. And he got me. He got me good. Yeah. He Ryan, really did. When I left last week, you were like, it's on Netflix so you can find it easy. I'm like, oh, good. Then I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, I guess it must have been a different film. <laughs> Literally, it was you there. punked us. It, yeah, I, I got punked. The real movie is punked the movie. <laughs> so, no, which you would watch. You've got to, you've got to have a copy. Well, of they this. made Jackass a movie, so surely they do punk a movie. Do it now. Do it right now, because no one's expecting Ashton Kutcher to punk you. <laughs> See, oh, watch yeah. out. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on edge. <laughs> so you have to have a copy because I'm gonna, we're gonna watch the movie. I'm gonna do a countdown from three, and I'm gonna say play, and you're gonna press play as well, and we're gonna hopefully be lined up as we talk about the brilliance of the Witches of Eastwick. So get ready because we're gonna start this in three. Two, one, play. So, good cough. It opens up on a beautiful black screen. Transitioning Warner, Warner Bros. To, Pictures. Did you know Warner Communications did you, Company? Did you know they're Polish? The Warner Brothers. No, I do now. Who fact, else is Polish? Bartek. <laughs> <laughs> is he one of the Warner Brothers? Are you Bartek Warner? I put the yes. sound on accidentally. Um, fun fact: there was an episode in which we were pitching the idea of if we had to remake Surf Ninjas, the classic Rob Schneider movie, mm-hmm. and we had the guest try to do a pitch of this. I guess pitch a different plot to the movie with different actors, and we played the Warner Brothers. We were just improvising. So, um, yes, what? he is a Warner. I guess that's what? like almost three years ago. What, what do you What do you mean they you pitched a, n- a new idea for the movie? Well, we said if you had to, so you just made up another so the, movie <laughs> with the title, <laughs> with the title and the same similar premise of kids who become sur- who are surfers who become ninjas, and the movie starred Keanu Reeves. Our mm. version and Bill Cosby. Uh, it, was, hey. it was it was a simpler time three years ago. Uh, so this film is um, now about a minute and eight seconds in. For those at home wanting to know, we're having a beautiful dissolving shot from a church to, I guess, you know, some naked naked. Statues. 
this has a very similar vibe. I was really surprised at the level of talent of this movie because the score is done by John Williams. Mm, that was Directed by George well. Miller. It's got um, Cher, F- Michelle Pfeiffer. It's got Susan Sarandon, boy, Richard, Richard Jenkins. Jenkins. Uh, Jack Nicholson, of course. Uh, you know, it's got everyone. It's even got, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the giant from Twin Peaks. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> His most notable role. It is. Didn't I, he play Lurch? He also played Lurch, but in cult figure status, he will forever be known as the giant from Twin Peaks. And or um, the giant from Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, he plays Deanna Troy's mother's servant. And they're basically the same character. Probably the most iconic character. It actually, it's actually a really popular character oh, for Star really? Trek fans. I'm like, not aware, yeah. In Star Trek The Next Generation, he's tint, like he's got a slightly, bl- he's slightly blue skin because he's an alien. Naturally. And he's giant. He's the giant, in case you wanted to know, I've guys. Him in and he plays Luxana Troy's like servant, and he's basically the same character as he is in this movie, except for he's an alien in blue. Like down to little things, like in Star Trek, she gets kidnapped while he's picking flowers, mm. and he turns around and he's got this befuddled look on his face, which is very similar to near the end of this movie when Jack Nicholson takes the car and drives off without him, and he just walks out of a shop with a bunch of shit, and he's just like, "What happened?" It's great. So the footage is so similar, you could actually splice one movie into the other and just yeah. have a slightly bluer tinge on it. So uh, this is a movie from 1980s. Um, it's got, I would say, three of the most talented and attractive women of that era. I mean, Michelle Cher- Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. This was what before. This was before uh, Catwoman, right? Because it's 1987 yes, and yeah. that was yeah, well, the Batman fir- 1989. Batman, yeah. So even before he did the Joker, uh, Jack Nicholson. This guy also looks like... Is Jack like- Nicholson one of the most attractive women in Hollywood, did you say? <laughs> yeah. No. He is. <laughs> did you see He is trend? a horny little devil. <laughs> this guy, I, I know I'm half a guy to Star Trek, but this guy really does look like the character of, of Riker in Star Trek Next Gen. <laughs> but, but it's not him, in case these, you wanted to know. These references are just obviously... I mean, they're going over my head. I don't know about you, did you not Bartek watch, did and you, Did you not if know If you were Star here Trek? last Sunday, Ryan talked about Star Trek pretty much the entire day. What movie I, did you do? Uh, we weren't we didn't doing even a do movie. The, oh. <laughs> 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 I just love... I was watching Star Trek while, when Bartek arrived, and it was like a really early episode of Next Generation, and I'm just like... Okay, Bartek, you're walking in on some random imagery here. Let me explain it to you. I wasn't you. even looking at it. But <laughs> I didn't know that. I was like, okay, why is Data dressed up as Sherlock Holmes? Let me explain. So, okay, this is an interesting movie. And I'm going to ask the question I always ask, which is... The Witches of Eastwick, not Star Trek Next Generation, just to clarify. Those are good movies, though. Yep. <laughs> There's a... Oh, okay, enough about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't give him a reason. <laughs> Oh boy, did you know Tom Hardy's, one of his first big um, starring roles in a motion picture was Star Trek Nemesis, which oh, he played a young Patrick Stewart? Didn't know that. No, that's true, 100%. He played a young cloned version of Patrick Stewart. It's actually really interesting because he's really skinny. <laughs> that is funny to imagine him as very And bold. Yeah. Full bold. I would assume. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Stewart never had hair. Oh boy, you haven't seen Dune in a while. Straight out the wo- straight out the womb, and his parents were like, "We need to shave his head because we got to give him a defined." I like world. how you think they need to shave it. The the idea that some babies aren't always no, hairy he came out with a mane. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna ask a question. Um, what is our history with this movie? Do we have one, uh, Bartek? No. No, nothing. You've told me about it, and that was. Yeah, that was it for me. What about you guys? This could have, could have very easily been a movie that was like on at 
Like, because on Friday night, back when they did more movie mm. programming on TV, like a t- the ten o'clock movie that was going to run into midnight. Yeah, uh, that is the only time I think it could have ever possibly stumbled across my eyes. Until then, <laughs> until I rewatched it for this, I had not seen it. Or at heard all. of it? Uh, no, I probably had heard of it. I'd probably heard of it. Uh, just okay. never like because it's not obviously critically acclaimed. It's not one of those ones that pops up. In everyday lingo, not on Netflix. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not on Take Netflix, that multi-million-dollar you know, corporation. Fun fact: Netflix on Australia did have it, and it scratched my. Mm. I scratched my head because it was in the not comedy category, but award-winning comedy category, and I'm like, uh. what the fuck? And I looked it up. No, <laughs> just like what it did it win? Did it win? Hasn't won any awards? I maybe some. It was like, nominated for a lot. MTV best yeah, on screen. Not kiss. winning, but oh yeah, for for who? Which one? He kisses a lot of them. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> all of them. Oh, sorry, MTV most amount of on screen kisses. There you go. What about you, Lock? I think I have to agree with Nick in that I remember, like there would have been. I think Channel Nine would have done like a double feature with. The film adaptation of Roald Dahl's *The Witches*, very similar movies, back to back with this, and it's it would be good sequels? because no, not? and it, it makes sense because Angelica Houston was Jack Nicholson's <laughs> wife for a period of time, so kind of lines up. And she was originally going to be good cast, on your Channel Nine. She was going to be originally cast in this movie. Mm-hmm. Was she as who? As Cher. Ni- oh, as Cher. Okay. As Jack Nicholson. Because think about it, you got to have a blonde one, a redhead one, and a darkhead one so you know whose kids they right. are at the end. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the people in the room right now as well. So. <laughs> the Neapolitan ice cream of men, yeah. which is a horrible thing to say. So I apologise. He's but... what, Bartek, the Jack Nicholson of the, of the group? He's the most Nicholson-esque, I would say. I would say Thank out of all you. of us, he's the Nicholson-esque, so that makes me Susan Sarandon. Uh, the film won a BAFTA award for best special visual effects. Oh, at the end? <laughs> when Jack turns into a demon it was pretty good Los Angeles film critics New it's York film critics so funny because Saturn, when we guested on your show afterwards we talked about like oh I want to do this movie with mm. you guys and and Nick was very firm on oh Lachlan's seen it before <laughs> and I'm just like oh has he and he, and he told not, me he had it and, I and Lachlan's just like I think so maybe who knows I possibly could have I had no reason to disagree so you, you guys said you did you I guys, possibly could have I've seen a lot of films so, so have I yeah. Um. On oh, so okay. you three are a little bit either you're un you haven't seen it or you're not as familiar with it or you've heard a little bit about it. I grew up with this movie. I so was this one of the, was this one of this the films that like you constantly rewatched growing up? Uh yeah yeah yeah. Because okay. I've said this before many times on the show. My parents bought DVD when DVDs first came out. Hmm. My parents didn't have that thing that we all have the benefit of now of going. Hmm. Do I want that one? Maybe. Do I know it's a good movie? And you look at like this was like they went oh that's got such and such in it they're good i'll buy it ah. so they would buy every dvd and this was one that they had seen before and they're like jack nicholson as the devil oh boy and bought it <laughs> we are in for a ride and they knew i would love it because my favorite movie growing up as a child was mars attacks uh the oh, one with yes. jack nicholson as two characters yeah. and uh he does a little vocal inflection later on in this movie which is the same as he does in mars attacks like there's really? this, this little bit where he's just like why don't we invent a vaccine to get rid of women? And I was like, this is like him as the president in Mars Attacks. <laughs> That's a good um, segue, because one of my favourite facts about this film is that one of the producers... Oh, John Peters? <laughs> possibly. I can't remember his name. We know his name. It's John Peters. It's wa- John Peters. Go on. Wanted to <laughs> somehow incorporate aliens <laughs> into the film. So, for those listening at home, which is everyone I imagine, or on the bus... John Peters is a well-known Hollywood producer. Mm-hmm. He's behind such things as 
good one. He's behind such things as Batman 1989, um, Wild Wild West. Mm -hmm. He was going to be in charge of the uh, (laughs) Superman movie with Nicolas Cage as producer. Yeah. As a producer. He's very famous because he's insane. I think he's married. He was married or in a relationship with Barbara Streisand or or Liza Minnelli. Can't remember which one. And he's very famous because he was a hairdresser who then turned producer. And he's insane because pretty natural progression. In Batman 1989, he was also doing crazy stuff. So in this movie, he wanted to have aliens in it for some reason because Aliens was a successful movie. In Superman, the Wait, Superman. So when you say because Aliens was a successful movie, as in the Alien franchise, yeah, Aliens, aliens kind of came out a year beforehand or a year or two before. So, so Aliens, Ali- James Cameron's Aliens came out just as they were entering pre-production for this. Oh, so no, he was I, like, I, "We've got to have Aliens." No, I, I get that. I get the timeline there, but he wants that kind of Alien. No, he, he just wanted. Aliens. He just wanted an, uh, uh, an extraterrestrial. So the figure. funniest sure, fact in the world is John Peters rocked up to set one day with a stuntman dressed as an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Expecting George Miller to do something with him. I believe like, it was put him in any scene you can. Any scene you want, doesn't matter how, just pop him in there. Pop him in. But right, that's the only thing he's done that's weird, right? No. For instance, in Batman 1989, he wanted Batman to have rollerblades. Um, just rollerblade around. I don't know. The funny yet. thing is, if he only waited, like, oh, not even, you know, waited 10 more years and talked to Joel Schumacher, Joel Schumacher well, could have been thing. like, I'll one up ya. He did ice, ice skates. skates. And then, of course, the most iconic one is there's a whole documentary about the death of... Uh, I can't remember. Superman Lives or whatever, the one with the, Nicolas Cage. The is, Death of Superman the Lives. The Death of Superman, yeah. yeah where um, Kevin Smith, the famous writer-director, mm. was wrote the script mm. to the movie. He had to have one-on-one meetings with John Peters because John Peters was the guy he had to go to. And John Peters' favourite movie growing up was King Kong. And he was like, I feel like we need to have this kind of... Superman be different, inspired by King Kong a little. Yeah. You and I, we both know Superman. You and I, we're very similar to Superman. We both are like him. We grew up on the on the streets. The main streets. Of- <laughs> and then Kevin Smith's like, I didn't grow up on the streets, nor did Superman. He's like, he didn't want Superman to fly. He didn't want him to have a cape. And he wanted him to fight a giant spider. That's what he wanted. He was like, I it's like in King it. Kong when King Kong fights yeah. a giant spider. And doesn't fly and doesn't wear a cape. Yeah, yeah. he wanted him to fight a giant spider. Does and he then not wear a cape? The movie died. The movie didn't get made. And then Kevin Smith told the story. It's a great story where he went to go see Wild Wild West, mm-hmm. produced by John Peters. And we all know Wild Wild West yeah, is the movie it's... where there's a giant mechanical spider at the yeah. end. It's like, oh, he Very finally good. got his spider. Symmetry. So John Peters being crazy for both Bartek and I. Like, Bartek, you said you didn't notice his name in the credits when you watched it last night. Yeah. I did. Only when I looked at I the I saw trivia. it and I went like this. I, I, I wrote in my notes. I went, gotta read the trivia because I knew there was going to be something fucking <laughs> something crazy right. about John Peters. He is a madman and I love him. I, I want to meet him. I kind of just want <laughs> some studio to turn to him and go here's a butt ton of money do what you want because what because <laughs> can you imagine yeah a, a film where there's an alien in the background for no reason fights a giant spider and a giant monkey that doesn't fly and wears a cape I don't know what film that would be yeah but, but I feel like I want to see that John Peters man he's my hero <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of one of my heroes but so you guys aren't familiar with this as much I grew up on this movie mm-hmm. I love it I love Everyone involved. I've I've always been a huge fan mm. of Jack Nicholson. He's great. When I was in high school d- studying drama, I wrote a whole essay on him because you had to choose an actor to write an essay on, and you got given actors. And I and there was no Jack Nicholson option. And I walked straight up to my 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 drama teacher, and I was given 
Adam Sandler. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I, Same and actor. I, and I, <laughs> and I swear, no joke. This was in high school. He had printed off pictures of each actor mm. and like little facts as like include these just because it was fun. It was like year eight. And I walked over and I, I like I, like I was in a police station. I walked over, slammed the piece of paper <laughs> on his desk and went, this? Come on, sir. And I asked, I, I demanded to give a Jack Nicholson because Jack know what you Nicholson could, is the fucking best. You know what you could have done? You could have just done your whole essay on, what was uh, Anger Management? Yeah. The film that Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson oh, yeah. are in. That's true. And then it was like, Anger Management with Heather Graham as well because I love Heather Graham. <laughs> it's funny you say that having studied him in high school because the year 12 media film that Locke and I studied fairly extensively was The Shining. Classic. So Nicholson obviously rearing his head in that quite a bit. I remember. Oh, I thought we were going to say Sandler rearing his head in that. <laughs> if, you, if you look very Ooh, carefully, do, do, do. it's me, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Sandler making a great appearance on the podcast, but yeah, uh, being able to write about him in the Year Twelve exams was was good. It's a highlight of school for me. I love it. I love. I haven't it. seen the movie since. Really, it's a great movie. I do. I do. Yeah, it's a great I film, but like you don't understand how much we had to watch. Oh, that in, trust in me, media. I had to study Blade Runner. As my one in in high school, uh, yeah. But here's the difference, for, at least for me. I, lo- I know a lot of people love Blade Runner, but Blade Runner has far less emotions and narrative mm. going on than The Shining. But which does. which cut of the of Blade well, Runner did you director's have to watch? Twenty forty nine, actually. The best cut. <laughs> yeah, the other media class when I was in year twelve did Blade Runner and Donnie Darko. I yeah. wish I did. What did you get to do? I did Untouchables and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Both good films. <laughs> One has Robert De Niro beating a guy's head in with a baseball bat. It's really weird that it was Butch mm. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. We got kid. to one of the other films we studied, and this was like one of the things that stood out to me in year twelve was how much that we'd done this film to death and I was so upset about it is we watched our, my favourite movie, Aliens, as in the second mm. one. Oh, John Peters liked that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and we, we watched it to death and to death. And I was like, oh, this is so unfortunate because I love it, but now I'm starting to hate it. And it was the worst thing ever. Have you been, have able, you, to, that's have you been able to go back and watch it? I've probably watched it a couple of times since. But not, Bill yeah. Paxton, though. What he about was, him? He was great in it. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I... I mean, no matter game how much, over, man! No matter how game much you over. watch it, you can't not like him. Mm. It's my favourite movie and fa- favourite franchise of all time. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I think I only... So we... Only the first two. The only we did, really we did Year 12 in 2013. I think I only just got to be able to comfortably rewatch Aliens last year when I was marathoning them all for uh, Alien Covenant. Yeah, now, right. fun fact... Um, I have not Veronica, talked about Veronica once. Cartwright, who stars in this movie as... Um, I'm f- blanking on her name. The crazy woman who vomits. Felicia, was Felicia. it? Felicia. Yeah. She's iconic. Um, if you want to look at her in this scene, she is an alien. Um, she's... In Alien or an alien? She is in the film Alien. Ah, yes. She's... Uh, I'm blanking on that character's name. Oh, so too. I said uh, yes, like I agreed. I didn't know that. She's the other woman in Alien, like the first Alien movie. The the kind of dorky, cute one. And oh. she's one of the last one of the last ones to go, actually. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Forgetting her name, but um, yeah, she's an alien. That's uh, quite go. a weird connection. Like, yep, that's her. And she's... Lots of alien so connections. <laughs> Do you reckon John, Peter, uh, John, John Peters? Peter. <laughs> John Peters walks up on set with it. Someone, a stuntman, dresses a xenomorph outfit, and she, was and like, then she walks around the corner, going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! It's John Peters!" What a huge dick! <laughs> of course, another great John Peters thing about this movie is when Cher had to get in the bed with literally all the snakes. She said, "Which one's John Peters?" Hey. <laughs> because apparently he's disgusting, um, shocking. Richard Jenkins, everybody. Look at him with hair. Look at him with hair. He's like Patrick Stewart. He's barely got any. Woo! Richie Judge. I mean, he's an Oscar-nominated actor. I mean, he Mm. was in Shape of Water. You know, classic. 
What a legend. So, I grew up with this movie. Not only did I study Jack Nicholson, I went on after high school. I went on after high school to go to university and I was I majored in drama and I I auditioned for NIDA, which is one of the most prestigious the prestigious acting school of Australia. An alum of NIDA, so he's well aware. Oh you are. What? What? <laughs> Lock on. An alum of NIDA. Oh am I? Uh, yeah, so I went there and you had to choose you had to give you got given two monologues to perform and you get yep. to choose one of your own. Okay. I chose for my own monologue Jack Nicholson's church scene in this movie. Wow. Did you really? I played it as if he was a, a drunken man coming in because in this movie the context is he's getting voodoo dolled yeah, at the yeah. same time. But I played it as this this drunk man who's coming in ruining this bitching about women and stuff. And yeah. uh, I got through the second stage of auditions using that. And, oh, then, I, and, then, and then I had to do a Shakespeare and then they didn't let me in. So... <laughs> Um, I have a real attachment to this movie. I genuinely love this movie. George Miller is one of those directors who's not a conventional director. I mean, no. he's not a Hollywood guy, and this is his first Hollywood movie <coughs> proper. And he got dicked around making this movie. Mm. This is a movie that you can watch knowing knowing by just watching it that this had studio meddling and interference behind the scenes because it is a little bit of a mess. But I think the messiness adds to the whole thing in general because this film doesn't answer a lot of questions it sets up in a good way. Mm. Like, it leaves you to go, okay, are they witches? How did they get their powers? You know, I was talking about this with my fiancé last night. I've always interpreted it as they got their powers once they um, were impregnated by Jack Nicholson. That's how most witches come to be. Because he's... And this is, again, something for, for you guys to answer. Do you think he's the devil or a demon? Because the film doesn't say if he's literally yeah. the devil himself. Mm. You get little jokes like, I'm a horny little devil. Yeah. but it, like, Yeah, it was like only after I finished watching the film and started researching it that everyone kept saying, oh, he's the devil. I'm like, oh, I don't remember that being said in the film. Did no, I miss it? it's never said. And I, I was yeah. saying, oh, when she got imp- when they get impregnated after having sex with him, that's when they gain powers. But then my fiance's like, yeah, but they already had powers before because they Unless summoned it- him to begin with. Yeah. And they all had thoughts together and then i'm like the film does raise this question of women are not necessarily like normal their nature as he describes them like they're forces with powers that are just deep down inside yeah sort of like hidden beneath the surface because man has pushed it down that way through persecution through the years through the hundreds of years that is uh not something that i sort of thought of the first watch through but you raise a good point isn't, isn't this a multi-layered film? Isn't it just? Nicholson's first appearance right now, by the way. Snoring his way through? Good stuff. <laughs> I mean, I was watching this being like, hey, they're not making it too obvious that he's the devil, but then I went through my notes again. It's like, oh yeah, he gets introduced with demon sounds coming out of his mouth, so kind of goes out the window. Yeah. I, I watched it as like him being a demon, in my mind, because I purely because I think through all like literature, film, everything that I've seen in, that introduces the devil... Uh, that you know these people they do a pretty good job of vanquishing the devil come the end of things mm. so I yeah. feel like the devil would have put up more of a fight mm, I guess but that's <laughs> not in my experience <laughs> because well I don't know I don't think he's kind of that devil who he he needs worship and love and affection to mm. survive 
So he doesn't necessarily do overtly evil things outwardly. It's not like he's... Whenever he does evil powers things, they don't really know that he's doing them. Mm. Or he does them when they're not around. It's not like he's, like, floating in the air, shooting fire out of his fingertips. I think at the end of this... At, at the end of the day, he goes through all of these terrible things because of these women. But I think he still thinks at the end he's going to get with them and yeah, love them. Yeah, he still them. thinks they ride off into the sunset together. Mm. Yeah, I kind of interpreted that he was created from their desire. So that was like why he was so attached to them. Like I thought the film was actually saying that, but interesting. Yeah. I never thought that. Like I thought he was he legit is what the they devil. Wanted. Well, that's because like every in his first meeting with all of them. Sorry. Um. Yeah. The, he he was just expressing himself in ways that they were attracted to him. Mm. So. Yes. Well, I suppose I, some the summary of him was like the, the deal with the devil. They got what they wanted, but at what cost? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was that yeah, they. You've were... convinced me. He's the devil now. Well, I, I, I always interpreted him as the devil, but if you think he's a demon, uh, it still works. What was yeah. that interpretation? He's I'm from hell. <laughs> he's not a good guy. He's not the he's most from out of town, person. Ryan. Be right. But it's weird because I, I, I want to know what you guys think. I, I obviously have an attachment towards Jack Nicholson as an actor, as a human. I genuinely felt for him in moments of this movie, even though his character has done nothing but be deplorable. But there's moments in this movie where he's just like, but I want to be with you guys. I like you guys. And I'm just like, I feel for this guy, man. I kind of feel sad for him. He's a little bit close to home. Oh, yeah, because I'm (laughs) the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops, they found me. And uh, Bartek, Locke, and I are, well, we're ready. (laughs) But, um, Again, you've got your blonde, your brunette, and well, your ginge. Well, there are three people in this room, and you said I'm Jack Nicholson, so... Uh. Well, two of us could be Jack. <laughs> okay. Jackie Boy Nicholson. But did did you guys like Jack Nicholson in this yeah, movie? Yeah, I, I don't dis... I feel like I haven't seen a movie where I'm like, Jack Nicholson really sucked in that. Mm. He play, He knows what he's... He knows his yeah. sort of role, and he plays it mm. very well. And I've always seen him, and I've always thought that of him. Um, he's Yeah, he's definitely fun to watch in here. Definitely not someone you'd want to be friends with, but, you know... But like I, I think I was saying this before we even started recording. Has there ever been anything that Jack Nicholson's not good in? No, he's great in everything. He's great in everything. Think about this. Even even anger management with Adam Sandler. Oh, he's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, him and Heather Graham. But because uh, <laughs> I love Heather. Uh, <laughs> She's listening. She hi Heather. Um, can't wait to cover your movie, The Guru. But uh, you know, Jack Nicholson's one of those guys. But think about this in modern day Hollywood. Mm. You know, we have all these big superhero movies. Yeah. Right. You know, they cast someone as an actor of a character and you're like, oh, that's perfect or whatever. Back in the 80s, when they cast Jack Nicholson as the Joker, everyone was like, that's perfect. And then no no one questioned that he was like really old. Like he's pretty old for that character. But no one questions it because you're just like, perfect. Jack Nicholson. It's perfect. Like who else would you have? Mm. He's crazy. That guy's insane. And he's insane in this movie. Because, again, who would you cast as the, de- as the devil or a demon? Other than Adam Sandler. Ba- back in the late 80s. Yeah, even like, now, I'd still cast now. Jack Nicholson. That's, yeah. Well, you couldn't Did because... you see him in The Departed? <laughs> well, we can't cast him anymore, because I don't know if you saw this lock, but I was talking to Ryan about it before we got here. Jack Nicholson announced his retirement this week. He's he's announced his retirement ages ago. No, he's still been do- he did small amount stuff. He it came out. Yeah, this he week, just so- did. He's just been doing a movie that's based on a French film about like a father who's been absentee, who's like a comedian or something. It's gonna be. I, I think it'll be great because I like the original French film. So, um, but yes, this week he announced done and dusted. No more Jackie. I swear, I thought like years ago he said 
that Look, he, he's definitely dialed it back significantly. Oh yeah, because I think, and I could be completely wrong here. I think there was something along the lines of he had early onset dementia. That's one of those things where. And so it was getting. It was said, getting. It was people getting, said that, but there was no clear yeah. source of that information. But yeah, so like the rumor was he had he was getting dementia and it was getting hard for him to learn his lines, and that's why he started dialing it back. Well, that's what the uh, the articles that I've been reading about it didn't directly say that, but I, they said that the whole process was taking it a, a lot out of him and he was finding hmm. it more difficult. Which, you know, I mean, he's could old. be a thin Which yeah. is fair enough. He's, he's very old. He's, he's got getting... a busy schedule. He's got to hook up with all those LA Laker girls. He can't so. be He can't be Christopher Plummer level, you know. Christopher Plummer's like 90 you years old. He's, Jack Nicholson doesn't have he's to the be new Christopher. Plummer. It doesn't have to be. Uh, no, no. He's no Betty White. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, I reckon Jack Nicholson and Christopher Plummer led very different lives. Yeah, I think Chris was a little bit more straight-laced. Yeah. Um... I like how there's just generations of actors who are just clones of Jack Nicholson. Like Michael Keaton is just a little Jack, like he's a Jack Nicholson. And then you have Christian Slater. He's a Jack Nicholson type. And it just goes on and on. You can see the influence. It's crazy. Yeah. He's a big boy. He's a he's important, he's an important man. <laughs> he's a big boy in the in the grand scheme of things. He's a multi-time Oscar-winning actor. You yeah, could heard, say he's done some things. The biggest of boys, then. Not a, as big as Daniel Day. I heard a story. It was uh, Robin Williams was doing an interview when he talked about winning the Oscar for um, Goodwill Hunting, mm. and I think Jack Nicholson won that year as well for As Good as It Gets. Yeah, yeah. And so they're backstage at the. Uh, press section of it mm. and Jack Nicholson turns to Robin Williams and go well Rabo now I've got one for every decade classic Jack <laughs> Jack was one of those, Jack's one of those guys man I mean what he's he's an old school actor I, I, I said multiple times to my fiance when watching this last time I'm like they're, they're, just, they're just not actors like Jack Nicholson anymore mm. like this crazy nut job guy that they cast as the lead role and not yeah. necessarily rely on the fact that he's going to pl- be a crazy nut job because that, you have probably... movies like As Good As It Gets mm. or About Schmidt and he's still crazy but like dialed down crazy dialed down. well his level of his level of actor couldn't probably exist these days people would be like oh that's not an appropriate way to be on set to behave towards anyone, whether it's oh, like you getting mean, involved in general. I think you mean off, when he brought a, a real gun in The Departed and pointed it at Leonardo DiCaprio's face and it was loaded because that's actually what happened. I haven't happened. heard that story. That's 100% true. If you watch The Departed, there's a scene where he randomly grabs out a gun and slams it on the table and points it in Leo's face. A real gun, his gun. <laughs> And Leo was like, it was the best moment of my career because I, I felt genuine terror. I'm like, amazing. of course you were, because Jack Nicholson yeah, might shoot a, you in the Jack fucking Nicholson face. Jack Nicholson has a fucking gun. Scorsese was like, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> shoot him again. <laughs> yeah, that's a true thing. He brought a real gun. Yeah, somehow, crazy man. somehow I feel like that might be not okay. Mm. In Jared, Leto, Jared Leto has brought method acting down to a whole new level with sending live animals mm. and used condoms to people. So I think if that's acceptable, whatever yeah. the fuck Jack Nicholson would do is completely acceptable. I've had, many, I've had many conversations with some of the actor friends that I've got. And in regards to method acting, where is the line? Yeah. Where is too far? I feel like when it's not directly negatively impacting people around you. Have you seen the documentary on Netflix? And I know it's on Netflix because it hasn't been taken down yet. Uh, Jim and Andy? No. Uh, oh, yeah, the one about Jim Carrey becoming Jim Carrey Andy, Andy Kaufman. Kaufman for Man, in, Man on the Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Interesting uh, breakdown. So, so there, was, there was a comedian, actor-comedian actor in the late 60s, early 70s called Andy Kaufman. He was sort of like a performance artist. Mm. He comedian. was crazy. <laughs> he was, he, he was an, uh, not a Jack Nicholson crazy, but definitely a... He is the type of crazy. He would say, I'm performing a stand-up comedy show. You rock up and he's reading 
all of the Great Gatsby. Yeah, these days he'd be called like a troll. Basically. Yeah, he was a troll. He would yeah. be all the Great Gatsby. People would heckle him, and he Very goes, fringe. "Oh, you want me to do my old school material? You want me to do the the Mighty Mouse? Because he used to do Mighty Mouse where he would play. He would just a, lip sync. He would lip sync to the song, and he goes, "Oh, okay, I'll do my old school material." And he grabs out the record player and he lines it up perfectly to where he, he was, was in, in the, the Great, Great Gatsby. Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> because he's an arsehole. That's but yeah, Jim Carrey played him in a movie. Yeah, right. And in and then in the doco, so Andy Kaufman doesn't um, the uh, real person Andy Kaufman. Should we just hang on a second before I finish the story and appreciate this scene with Jack Nicholson? Can we appreciate every scene with Jack? This was <laughs> he's Ro- about to deliver the greatest line in the film. If this you is ask Roger me. Ebert's favorite scene. Roger Ebert loved horny little devils. <laughs> I mean, it's Jack Nicholson. Look hmm. at him here. I mean, he's an odd-looking man, but he is a, he has that devilish attraction to him. Does he? Doesn't doesn't he like he is charismatic like you are drawing he's such oh a, I am rock hard right now he's an we interesting guy though like I I look he's at interesting him. he's got an interesting past mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd want to be his friend but not really good friends I would want to be his best friend he seems like the he seems like he would take you out <laughs> oh, do, you, do you mean Jack Nicholson or his character <laughs> both okay Daryl would be a man. great friend I reckon. As long as you were definitely on side with him and he didn't start mm. you know become trying you to didn't question the ponytail. I like the ponytail. Don't make eye contact with the ponytail. Cher, Cher's whole monologue here is the best. I love that she's just like completely disgusted. She had some really great lines in that that monologue. Like she just has some really well delivered lines. And again, Cher, what an actress! I mean, people doubted her ability as an mm. actress when she first started because she's a singer. Not me. And here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. You know what? You know what makes the line? It's him wiggling his foot. That's yeah. what makes the line work. Uh, but yeah, sure. People underestimated her because she was a singer. But then her first mm. movie, Oscar nominated. So Oscar won, I think that one. One. Moon, we... The Moonstruck, I think. No, what? it was under the Silkwood with Michelle with um, Meryl Streep was oh, okay. one of her. Well, first when she did Moonstruck, that's then she won. won. Yeah. Is there a more modern equivalent of someone who was, you know? A musician and then decided to go down this path and was like reasonably well off and successful. Marky Warburg. <laughs> Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> you don't want to say, you don't want to admit it, but it's true. I'm it's not. just a good vibe. Big um, fan of Mark Warburg. Dad, my, I've said this on the on various yes. podcasts before. My dad is a huge fan of Mark Warburg. Dad's about, he must love Max Payne because we've covered that on the show. Dad, he's weird because he, I can't remember, he came across Mark Warburg, I think, in one of his. Transformers movies, maybe. I'm not sure how Dad. Wow, came really pain, late. Pain, pain Transformers game. Four, wasn't it? Really late in the game, like last five years. Uh, yeah, that's when he's only become vocal about it. Maybe oh he was my aware. god, he must have. He's seen been that a closeted Wahlberg fan. For he must a while. have seen that scene where Mark Wahlberg is like in this total apocalyptic trash land, and he walks up to this guy who's crashed their car, and he just grabs a Bud Light beer and cracks it on their yeah. car door. He's like, "What's up, pal? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm an inventor." <laughs> Uh, and uh, Dad, uh, he, he got to Googling, found out about um, his rap career, and then found out that Mark Wahlberg, prior to becoming an actor, not a good guy. And no, was terrible a, man. Horrible person. I think he killed a guy. Um, <laughs> no, you're thinking Matthew Broderick now. And <laughs> no, didn't he, he, he borderline, I think he, the guy ended up dying, the guy that he beat up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so Mark Wahlberg's not the greatest guy. No, not a great guy. I didn't know this. Like, he's, a good, <laughs> he's a good Catholic boy. He, he spoke for the Pope one time. Horrifically racist and uh, was, I don't know. Hence, he's in the Transformers movies. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and Dad really liked that he turned his life around. Yeah, he became a good Catholic Boston boy. Yeah, he's a really good guy now. So back to Andy Kaufman. Oh yeah, so my my, Carey, my, method, my actor. method actor thing. So yeah, in so Andy Kaufman had a daughter, and he never uh, never spoke to her. I think 
Oh, I think only was around for the early years of her life, but then yeah, he died. What a troll! Th- then died. Well, that's the thing. He died, and people think it's a joke. Yeah, still, they, they reckon he he's going to come. Level. He's going to come back and do a. a it's me. <laughs> anyway, so in this doco, Jim Carrey, who's method acting as Andy Kaufman, mm. goes into his trailer one day, and Andy Kaufman's real daughter is in the trailer waiting for him, and then they have like a two-hour conversation. Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman patching and, things up with the daughter, and I think that's too far. Um. Yeah. Well, I think... I mean, I mean, if it's the closure the daughter needs, it's the closure the daughter needs. That's what... I think it was probably on her to be like, this is a bit fucked up for yeah. me, Jim. Um, um, you because know. I think it could have been potentially very therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. No, look, you got to consider Jack Nicholson, who we were talking about... I mean, it's, about... that's not as bad as Jared Leto sending used condoms to the cast of Suicide Squad, but... What about when Shia LaBeouf knocked out Tom Hardy on the set of Lawless because they were but Shia... having a method acting fight? But or Shia, Shia LaBeouf be... in um, Fury not showering all of production because his character wouldn't have had a shower. I mean, Fury is good, though, so... <laughs> I don't mind that for Fury, but uh, I feel like Shia has a lot of other issues anyway. So I, I like feel Shia. Like... Leave him I, alone. No, I also like Shia. I hence think he, I hence think we put him in our movie on your show. We're like, let's have Shia in there for good measure. I think all of, his, all of his art scene work is very interesting, and I find it very... Just do it. It's very strange. <laughs> um, I like him in that aspect. Now, this is strange. This whole subplot in the movie is... I really want to get y- y- your opinion on this, guys, because this is a weird thing to put in the movie. Because think about this. If this was a different movie, mm-hmm. she would be the hero. Because yeah. she's the one that figures out what's going on. She's that called She's called it from the get-go. Mm. She's kind of like a Stephen King character mm. in terms of, like, um, in Stephen King movies, at least, you always have that one character who's a good person who figures it out and then they get brutally killed. So yeah. you have... Um, uh, Scatman Crothers in mm, The Shining. Yeah. You have the sheriff in Misery. Mm. You know they they always have these kind of characters. She's kind of like, like honestly, if she was if if this was just a story of its own, yeah, like her story here, yeah, it if, would be if a they Stephen re- King short if they, story. If they redid the film from her point of view, she gets fucked over every which way, except <laughs> which... for getting fucked over by Jack Nicholson <laughs> or by Richard Jenkins, <laughs> because she's like, I'm not against a good fuck, but we haven't had one in a while. I was like, oh, and okay. Jack Nicholson seems to be for being either on top or bottom, so fucked. Under. He doesn't mind. He just does. He does just what does it any, any which way he can do. But um, what? You, okay, so you guys unfamiliar. Not knowing where this story was going to go. Mm-hmm. What did you think the movie was going to be about? And what did you think you got from it? Because I've just been sitting here talking about what I'm interpreting. And you're like, oh, I didn't even really think about that. That's kind of there. Like, what did you think was going to happen? So I think I probably anticipated it going a similar way to, you know, how it ended up being. Because it's, it's very classic of like, stranger comes to town. Everyone likes a stranger. Turns out stranger, not a good person. I yeah. think that's like one of the seven storylines or something. It would be very prototypical of a lot of yeah. stories um probably at the end the whole the, the devil thing is very a bit like when he sort of comes back as a giant that's a bit strange to me i didn't didn't expect that yeah um, that was weird but i think for the rest of it it followed a very like you know a very un extraordinary i guess basic okay story. but to me in, in that regard like obviously once you put you sprinkle on the fact witches and like family and stuff and those other little the specifics but it's got in the rest of it the story is very simple but it's the execution yeah that's it and also they get you with the title they've got they've got the word witches in the title so Mm. you already know what you're in for so your your expectation you're you're expecting some supernatural stuff Mm. okay what about you Bartek? because it was just called like the ladies of eastwick 
and it was the same film. The the widows of the Eastwick. Wi- that yeah. would be a good t- sequel name. The divorcees. The divorcees <laughs> of Eastwick. The, the housewives of Eastwick. The desperate housewives of Eastwick. <laughs> All the three yeah. D's: deserted, divorced, and death. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Uh, or National Lampoon's Daryl's Vacation. <laughs> Daryl's Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> like, Witches of Eastwick Two: what Electric were, Boogaloo. What were you expecting from this, and in comparison to what you got? Well, I know that when the film started, obviously I had that title, Witches of Eastwick, in my head, and they were... I, w- I wanted to focus on what the law was going to be, I guess, because mm. they did establish in that speech scene, which we talked over, um, that they had We've these... talked over every scene, I feel Yeah, like. I know, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about them now. <laughs> That's what happens when you have four people. Um, Take that. <laughs> yeah, they established the whole thing of, like, they were having the same thoughts and mm. things were happening, so I thought that there was going to be a lot more building on, like, how the witches thing works. But they mm. kind of just jump back into, oh, yeah, these are witches every now and then. They really gloss over it, don't they? Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Um, which, you know what? The points for subtlety. Yeah. A film these days would focus probably too much on that. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, it's been 31 years since this film was made. We will not get another film like this, I don't think. No, if this film was made today, you would have Vincent D'Onofrio turn up to tell you what the supernatural backstory is. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be like, hey guys, it's me, Vincent D'Onofrio, and I'm here to tell you. (laughs) Sinister, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, Sinister. And Rings. He was in Rings last year. I didn't see that one. He was the Ring's dad. Okay. (laughs) No joke. Ring's dad. What's her name? The girl in the ring? The one who died? The the ring girl. The the ring girl. Samara? Yeah, Samara. He's her dad, apparently. He turns up in movies to explain the backstory. And he'll be like, imagine this movie today. He'll be like, okay, so you guys are witches. The thing is, women are not... Why does your Vincent (laughs) D'Onofrio impression sound like Gilbert Gilbert Gottfried? Gottfried. (laughs) Have you heard Vincent? Have you heard Gilbert Gilbert Gottfried? Gottfried? (laughs) I have. Gilbert Gottfried's a little bit more... Yep. You know, Gilbert, he puts that voice on, of course, because he... Have you heard him reading Fifty Shades of Grey? Of course I have. And then he hit my clitoris. (laughs) (laughs) Vincent D'Onofrio would explain, okay, (laughs) Susan. (laughs) Sorry, in my head when you said that, I just... At the end, he went, and then he hit my clitoris, Mr. Sheffield. (laughs) (laughs) Him and Fran Drescher having kids would be a nightmare. (laughs) <laughs> and Wallace Shawn's and yet uncle. It's, and yet it's the sitcom that I desperately need right now. And Nanny is coming back, apparently. So. Yes, it is. Is it? So there you go. Well, I mean, it's another one of those things where it's widely reported, but I don't think they've even entered any sort of pre-production yet. But, uh, so, they would explain it. There's subtlety in this movie, and that comes from George Miller. Because let's think about this. George Miller directed this, and mm. George Miller is all about leaving things very open. You're thinking about yeah. Mad Max. So, yeah, just to get George Miller's timeline. So, he's done the first three Mad Maxes yep. before he's done this. Yep. And then he'll do this, get fucked over by Hollywood. And then do another Hollywood movie called Lorenzo's Oil, which That's is critically right. acclaimed. That's right. And then he go, comes back to Babe. Australia, does Babe. The second one. The second one, Happy Feet. And Happy then, Feet 2 and then Mad Max Fury Road. Max Road. Cool. He hasn't directed too many movies overall. Mm. No. In comparison. You know what I like about George Miller, though? He's not only is he a director, he's also a, a doctor of medicine. Yeah, yeah. It's just, nice to have ma- a, it's just nice to have a trade to fall, fall back, back on. on yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that falls into the Mad Max movies because of his knowledge of injuries and yeah. stuff. So that's why they're extra gruesome. But mm. think about Mad, think about the Mad Max movies. 
they're not cohesive films. Like, they're very open and broad, and that's kind mm. of what people loved about Mad Max Fury Road, was it was surprisingly simple. Yeah. yeah. It's because we we have all these blockbusters now in which you have to have, Five oh, well, how did this woman become the wicked blah, 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 mm. and, like, why is it, Vincent? Well, it's like this. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you have to have scroll at the start of it. Like, everything is really complicated in these blockbusters. And then you have the ones that... They are surprisingly simple, and they're not very, good, but they're not good either. Mm. So it's kind of weird that you have a surprisingly simple movie like Mad Max Fury Road that's also good mm. for a blockbuster. Yeah, true. Everything feels like nowadays it's got to build onto some sort of franchise in order to compete with everything else. And that's the thing; he had to do a Hollywood movie, but he likes to leave things open and bare and up for interpretation. And he and he's a visual storyteller. Think about the Mad Max movies; they're basically silent movies. There's mm. no iconic, not many iconic lines of dialogue no, but no. it's mainly visuals and here he is straddled with this script and this complicated story but he still chooses his artistic choice of leaving things subtle and up to interpretation mm. he's like you don't need to see this you don't need to be told that you kind of interpret it like jack nixon tells her here about like how witches used to be burnt at the stake and they're actually midwives and men are always oppressing women and pushing them down in, into their abilities and i think that kind of ties into the fact that he's kind of you know, you know, helping them cultivate their abilities, you know, through love and affection and putting them on a pedestal. And that kind of makes their power stronger as the movie goes along. Kind yeah. of like, I wonder, do all women have magic in this universe? Because then you have the woman in town. Mm. She's magical too, because mm. she can sense these things. It just makes you go, is every woman in inherently world, a yeah. creature of nature? That's what he calls yeah. it. If they have one of the three Ds, maybe. Yeah, is that a pun? But no, the, the, the woman in town doesn't have that either. Like, Some the, level of trauma, you, though. You're talking about the crazy one, right? Yeah, she yeah. doesn't have the three Ds, the desertion, divorce, or death. She's married and happily married. Mm. They're very happily married, So remind me, do they, does she have any powers? Yeah, she can sense what's happening. Oh, the sense, yeah. She and has... she can vomit cherries. Well, that's a curse happening to her. I She's not choosing a, that. I consider it a superpower. <laughs> it's a bird, what? it's a plane, it's Cherry Man <laughs> Oh man They apparently had an animatronic version of her oh, yeah. Throwing it up that was surprisingly realistic And I... terrifying And it was apparently too much for them to put in the movie Oh okay, so I, was gonna, I didn't, didn't yeah. notice it at all No, no, it was cut But yeah. it's really upsetting Because, you know, practical effects are, uh, are the greatest right. yeah. mm. and, and, you know, but... It's funny, the animatronic version of her is just an alien f- Throwing up cherry pips. <laughs> the xenomorph. It's just a leftover from the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, this is an interesting movie because simple story, but weird execution because yeah. you're on purposely left without answers to things. Mm. You're like, did, did, like, it's kind of weird because they on purposely let you know Jack Nicholson's very evil, but he's not really doing too many mm. evil things. It's like he could be a lot worse. Oh, yeah, he could be. Oh, he could have done some very he, much. Well, much so. He could be so much worse, but he's actually an all right guy. I mean, he teaches about music. I, I love this. This was <laughs> this scene right. This part here, right now, not a. It was a bit weird to me. To but me. then it. But then it pays off and it works. Because yeah, and, you and, think, oh, is he being gross? But then, uh puts the cello there. And if and if I had have flicked it off at that second, I would have had very <laughs> negative ideas about this movie. Well, yeah, but that, it's very it's suggestive, obviously. Well, of course. Were you aroused watching this, guys? No. The film, I mean, not this scene. 
Or, not, or only any time Richard Jenkins or Jack Nicholson were on screen. Not personally. Wow, really? Not when all three of them were on the bed and he just walks in like, this is me, this is my life, I'm, I get all three. Uh, how fucking dare you? Coming here, saying Michelle Pfeiffer ain't a babe? How dare you? Sitting on the couch, I think my family <laughs> was in the other room. It was last night. Oh, oh, you're telling me you've never been in another room aroused while your family's somewhere else? I, you're I, crazy. You say not you're last night. fucking liar. My family's in the other room right now. I'm aroused now, yes. That's because you're flicking it. Like, it's just relaxed, and last night that was not the case. This is why Ryan moved away from home. Yeah, yeah so, so I can be aroused in every room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think this is one of these weird ones, because it's like, what is this genre of movie? It's definitely got eroticism in there, because it is an arousing Erotic movie. Erotic supernatural oh, right. comedy. You grew up with it. Were you aroused growing up by this film? Yeah, yeah, little Ryan. <laughs> little, uh, little Ryan's a little hot under the collar. <laughs> little Ryan liked this movie a lot. Um, I found Susan the most attractive growing up, but um, I think she's still the most attractive in this movie. Even though I think Michelle Pfeiffer is the the babiest of them all, but she's kind of on purposely, I think, played to be a little bit less sexy than she usually is in movies because we've done Grease 2 on the show mm-hmm. and never did I know I never knew that I would have a sexual awakening over her getting on a ladder but apparently I do <laughs> I wanted <laughs> what I wouldn't give to be that ladder I said that yeah I think like, you did I yeah. think <laughs> she straddles the ladder it's pretty great but uh Susan Sarandon's obviously the one I think who's the babiest one because of course, the most babe one because she's played plain Jane haha her name's Jane mm. As a character, and then she becomes like this, you know, really overtly sexual woman with mm. big poofy hair. You know, things are bad when the hair gets poofy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the easiest way to show there's been a shift in personality. <laughs> oh, big poofy hair! Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. they start conditioning. The hair gets more volume and body. Oh. <laughs> and that, does that mean Cher's really evil from the beginning? No, <laughs> she just she's got a lot of volume. It's just more of a fun personality from the get go. Well, like, she does. You know, you got a bit of sass up to be sassy. She's to sassy. She's Cher. She's yeah. so sassy. I she's know. only got one name, and that's mm. purely because. Are you saying that Jesus was sassy? Well, he was he was Jesus. Could have been more, <laughs> could have been sassier, I suppose. He he had more than just one name. He was Jesus of Nazareth, so mm-hmm. he had two things going on. But Where she's just share of Sonny. <laughs> Jesus was a pretender. He wasn't born in Nazareth. Oh, I thought you were just going to keep quoting the pretender song by the Foo Fighters, but I'm sorry, Bartok doesn't have a taste in music. This uh, looks like a really it's great fine. place to ride a bike. It really is. I, I, you know, I want to comment on the town, actually. I thought that the entire... The Eastwick? Eastwick. Yeah, it has a name. Makes sense. I don't know why I decided to not name that. But <laughs> Did he think that it was a wick of a candle just pointed east? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought it was. it's a really beautiful little town. Like the opening scene where you, uh, where you get sort of that drone or helicopter footage as mm. it starts to come in. Drone, um, yeah. <laughs> In the 80s. I, as, I, as I said it, I'm like, you idiot. Um, but I, I really like it. Like, it's nice and open. It's like any town USA type stuff. Like, it's very quaint. I really like that. I couldn't live there personally, but, you know, it'd be nice to go and unwind there. The tribute. You could be Daryl. <laughs> I I could be Daryl. <laughs> Daryl it up. You were going to say, Bato? Uh The trivia talked about the scouting for finding the town. They said that... I can't remember who it was, but one of the... Sam crew- Mercer. Sorry? Sam Mercer. He's been a producer on lots of things. All right, yeah. The producer, like, scouted, like, 2,000 American towns and... He had to find two, like a one town with a white church and, and a town and like town square that's attached to the church or something. Yeah, yeah, that that was what he was looking for, um, and 
I think he settled on one thing, but then the church in that town was like, oh, do we really want to do this film? So he went to a different town. Films, man, they're hard to make. George Miller had a hard time making them. You know what's really, really weird? He doesn't have any Australians in this. Usually he likes to cu- chuck a couple in. Mm. Maybe they, maybe we just didn't realise. Maybe like, you know... Yeah, how- Jack, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very... Far back he has some Australian uh, heritage to it's him. It's me, Jack. G'day. Nicholson Thompson. Shh. <laughs> Nicholson Thompson. <laughs> I'm sure that when they were together, he called them like Jacko or something. Jackie boy. G'day, mate. G'day, Jack. That's how George spoke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack Nicholson. Mel Gibson's crazy enough that he could play the... Oh, yeah, yeah. He 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 could have easy, but uh, he didn't, mm. which is a tragedy. I would have loved it if he did. He... Would, you have, would you have loved it as much, though, is the thing? It would be different. Keep yeah. You've already said that no one could do it better than Jack. <laughs> but Mel Gibson has a wickedness to him, especially back then, but no, it wouldn't be as good as Jack Nicholson. No. I mean, no, come on. <laughs> come on, don't make me... But then you'd have to go, what Mel Gibson movie would Jack Nicholson do in his place? So, like, what, Braveheart. Women, what women want? <laughs> <laughs> what women I want Braveheart? <laughs> Put the two together, what Braveheart want. <laughs> hey, guys, it's me. I'm Scottish. <laughs> he doesn't even do the accent. <laughs> and John Peters is there. And John Peters is like, hey man, this Saving Private Ryan movie came out a little while back. Let's 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 put some World War Two soldiers in the movie. <laughs> He's oh, crazy. He's my hero. So this is an iconic sequence here in which they play tennis. Don't you love when tennis tennis is played in movies? What, uh, uh, like especially fine. or what? Yeah. Is, is it your preferred movie-based <laughs> film? Uh, movie-based sport, sorry? Well, it seems more fun, right? When you have it in a movie. I was thinking that I don't have a fr- like friends that I could go <laughs> have a hit. <laughs> you don't have friends. I, I don't have friends that I could go have a hit of tennis with. You're that Lockley? You're not allowed to play tennis with him, okay? Oh, yeah. That, that's a tragedy. You're not friends. They're just They're co-hosts. Right. <laughs> We're acquaintances. We're colleagues. <laughs> We don't get on. We don't play tennis. <laughs> so all, what I really need to do is find myself three lovers who would be keen to go play. Well, love is uh, a term used in tennis. Oh, maybe yeah, that's, that's why. What... Maybe it started with you could only play with people but, but, who were... But it's a thing that you don't want in tennis. But there's also like deuce but... is a term in tennis. So do you have to find lovers that are shit at no, tennis? No, you can only play with Rob Schneider. <laughs> Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, my favourite movie. Your favourite movie? Starring Jack Nicholson. Imagine. Jack Nicholson as Deuce Bigelow, the male Gigolo. I would watch that. He'd actually be good. It'd yeah. actually be a great movie. It'd Could you imagine different. that? It'd be different. <laughs> It'll be good. That's the difference. Good different. <laughs> hey guys, it's me, Jack Nicholson, and Adam Sandler's there too, still. It's just... I like this part. Well, the little, the little rapid volleying back and forth. That's just fun. I like the bit where they get so playful. Michelle Pfeiffer's like, I'll bounce it off my butt. <laughs> because why not? Why not? I want to say that at the Australian Open. Does Michelle Pfeiffer look like a woman who's had six kids to you? No. Are you sure? Because, fun fact, she didn't have six kids at this point. So- Nor does she now. I just, just wanted to let you know that you're correct. She doesn't oh, look okay. like she had six so you- kids. <laughs> but I, I wanted think- you to be... I didn't think that was... Weird that there was never any hint that it's like a heredit the witch thing is a hereditary thing because there's no hint at no, at no. least the daughters. Um, yeah, you remember Cher has a daughter that we see in the first scene and we never really oh, see her again. Yeah. The first line, right? She's real yeah, nerd. she has the first line of the movie, I'm pretty sure, she's, where she's, she's like, not- Ma, 
mom. <laughs> She's not cool enough to be Cher's daughter in the rest of the movie. Her so, line was my indication that I should turn the volume up. Yeah, you, could, <laughs> you, could, you should. Uh, you don't have to come if you don't want. And then it's like, yeah, all right, cool. Very uh, yeah, You don't have yeah. to come t- for the rest of the movie if you don't want. Okay. I mean, I'm I, out. I, I'll come on Jack Nicholson, but like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like the makeup here where Jack has the scratch on his face, mm. which is like him and Susan Sarandon had wild sex because he got scratched on the face. God, that would be just the worst. What, hitting hitting the ball so hard a storm happens or having sex with Susan Sarandon? No, the, the scratch because scratch on the face. Just because any injury well, is not Well, if it's fun. from Susan Sarandon fucking you, would you mind as much? Um, I mean, she was Janet in Rocky Horror. Come on. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> Damn it, Janet. It'd be a story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's not press Nick. uh, Let's not not press Nick too hard. He doesn't like getting aroused in rooms where his parents are nearby. My parents parents are sitting in the room next door right now as we record. It's weird. It's really weird because it's like they already. You brought your dog and your parents. (laughs) It's really weird because I invited them before I invited you. Because they do their own own podcast. (laughs) What's their podcast? It's called Pitch Her This Podcast, in which your dad pitches to your mum an idea. Yep. And I sort of stole their idea and then took it to radio. It was hereditary, actually. You mm. just kind of naturally no, had your genetic. own podcast. Everyone in the fan line does a pitch this based podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? They were pitching each other fruit ideas. <laughs> They'll be like, imagine a banana crossed with a watermelon. What would that be called? Water banana. <laughs> banana melon. Banana melon. Banana melon. What about, okay. A I- carrot crossed with broccoli. Broccoli carrot. <laughs> Crockley. I like how Carole. no matter what you pitch pitch Nick. It's just the first word and the second word, but smushed together. No, and not even partially. Not even partially. It'll be like, oh what happens if you had a pineapple and a carrot? Pine carrot. Like obviously. What happens if you Actually, had a pine and carrot apple, you what, idiot. what would happen if you had Potato a... and peas. Potatoes, you know, like Jesus. No, but he wouldn't be that smart. He would be like pea potatoes because he has to have one word as uh, the potato other. Peas, you potato fool. peas. Potato peas. Potato peas. <laughs> These are all potential ratings you can give it. The Oranges episode. and cucumbers. <laughs> okay. Orange cumbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Benedict Cumberbatch. We already got it. Come on, Benedict Cumberange. <laughs> Cumberage. Cumberage. Um, pumpkin and cauliflower. So with this movie, that's just the pumpkin. Okay, that's with- already a hybrid fruit of a cauliflower. I chose this movie for you guys uh, because of because this feels like because I grew up with this. This feels like a movie you guys would create on your podcast. Does it's it like, really? Does it? Thank if, you. Think about this. Okay. So if we pulled out the genre of erotic supernatural comedy, no, no, no. You would pull out supernatural. Yeah. And then you would have uh, location Eastwick, and then title. No, no. You have title. But you have to have witches in it. You have to have the uh, no. uh, location have, of a mansion. No, I feel like yeah, location of the, a mansion, obviously of a mansion or Eastwick. You have yeah, it would be witches. the genre supernatural, the location of a church or a mansion, and then the word would be Eastwick. Eastwick, and then Not and of. then. No, because <laughs> no, oh, witches would be no, the most remember, common. That's what I was saying, witches. Yeah. But then no, Eastwick. Oh, no, you get that from the supernatural. And then, and then this is what you would pitch. And you're like, yeah, get George Miller on board. Like, if you had this show in the 80s. Which we did. <laughs> like, you, yeah. Well, I inherited it from my parents. Because doesn't it feel like it has a lot of weird stuff in there? Mm. It feels like someone pitched this and they're like, sure, why not? Sure, why not? Let's do it. Did we make this movie? <laughs> did we write the 1984 novel? John Updike, we, are, are you here? <laughs> wait, we... Are we time travelers? Are we... 
I just, sorry, maybe we should, we should so, talk about this off the Didn't you someone say I was a time traveler in this episode? Yeah, me. It was me because you, you know the name the, of the episode already. We're from the past, though. Oh, right. You're from it's the really future. weird because these guys made this scene happen in which they're like, you know, this erotic comedy movie. Let's have them run around in balloons. You know what I found a strange addition um, is the. I don't have a problem uh, with um, children. You can say with, them. with the, children. They're in the movie, <laughs> but they seem to be like very quickly forgotten. I thought they were going to be more of a staple mm. of the family life than it does end up playing a part in. Oh, okay. Considering that they're all single mothers. Yeah, I, I would have thought. I just thought that was going to be a bit more prominent. Yeah, I, just a few scenes with Jack Nicholson playing a stepdad. Well, I had a role in the reason why they're not prominent. I went back in time and I told George Miller, "Look, we just did a film on our podcast called Kidnap." It's really centred around a kid. Can you not have kids in yours, please? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Also, I think the idea of them not being in the movie prominently is kind of highlighting that they're becoming terrible people. They're mm. abandoning their family, their true. jobs, their their passions to be in this s- sick world with Jack Nicholson. It's like but, four-way. And even, and even yeah. saying that, I feel like but I, a way of possibly highlighting that would have been to at least have a scene in which you start to see that she's becoming a, a worse mother. Which but, one? Um, which any of them? Cher or or Michelle? Because Susan oh, yeah, doesn't Susan, have kids. Probably she can't more have Michelle. Them. Probably more Michelle. Yeah, she has five uh, kids. Yeah. Six kids. Um, six one kids. of them's eating the other one yeah. because they just got no food. <laughs> and they all as, get as, another as one. As Michelle Pfeiffer just said before, I get pregnant. I get pregnant all the time. I could get pregnant from your toothbrush. And that's uh, a great line, which she might, she might have done. We don't know how the whole scene took place. And, <laughs> yeah, they, that's the one where they cut away. They're like, oh, we don't, you know what? They, they, they made out. They did some stuff. You know that they had sex. We don't need to show this. And, um, but yeah, I thought it was strange that they, they didn't. But you're right in saying that, you know, it does show the degradation into becoming worse people. And then the fact that, you know, maybe we would have seen a scene where the kids are not having a great time. Just it's the subtlety that you spoke about with George Miller. I think it would have been great if she had burdened her kids onto Richard Jenkins. <laughs> So then Jenkins sure. has his insane wife and these kids to deal with. So when he does, so again, spoiler alert, kill his own wife, you can kind of understand even a little bit more why he's so like wound up. So again, if you redid this film from the perspective of Richard Jenkins, you just find... Of the wife. Oh, of the wife. Okay, so... Phil- uh, Felicia. So she ends up in hospital. Her husband's about to kill her and he adopts seven children? Six. Oh yeah, no. Shares is old enough to look after herself. She's like okay. graduating high school. Oh yeah. okay. Like she's like seventeen, so she can look after herself. That's why shares one is okay because you already get that feeling that they're they've got autonomy. Own, yeah. Uh, but Michelle's one, I do agree. It's like what happened to them? I guess they raised themselves as like eight year old children, like, like and and younger, they're, and they're around. Mm. Like they're there. And they're very blonde. God, they are. They're, no, they don't like zucchini. <laughs> they jelly. Zucchini jelly, which sounds awful to me. Oh. I don't want zucchini jelly. Or as Nick would it. call it, gelzuini. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I would have called it. Gelzini. <laughs> or zucchelli. Don't you like how he embroidered their names on their robes? On their little dressing uh, gowns? Nice touch. Very considerate. Mm. I do that for my house guests but as well. But it shows how obsessive he is. Like, mm. how he wants to own these women. See, like, that's the scene little... I wanted to see. Jack Nicholson at a sewing machine. 
you you do get Jack Nicholson I doing domesticity. He would have got Fidel to do it. Yeah, he would have got that. no because he or maybe, but he does say he's all thumbs with um clothes later in the movie because he's ironing and cleaning his own clothes. True. The embroidery Jack wasn't Nicholson good and and then you're like Fidel, he's all thumbs with this kind of thing. And I do love Jack Nicholson's line of You're right, this is a small town. No Orientals to clean my clothes and Fidel's all thumbs with these things. I'm like <laughs> Oh, he's really a bad guy. Uh-oh. Ah, <laughs> uh, the late 80s. What, church? A simpler time. <laughs> where where you went to church and the priest was really high up. <laughs> Look how high up he is. Like, calm down, guy. We we can see He's him. got an oxygen mask No, on. you can't, right? He's not in the frame. <laughs> <laughs> he's no longer in the frame. He's gone. He's actually like, as they soon as the camera play. went down, you know... Yeah. Being, I, I've acted in in film and TV as as Bartek. When the you do have that thing of at least I do. When the camera is no longer near you, you just stop. Like you just go whatever. Like okay, <laughs> and then make sure when it's coming back near you, you're doing whatever you were before. So I can imagine this priest guy being like, no, 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 no the camera's gone. Oh great, <laughs> just like sitting down <laughs> having a cigarette. Like okay, great. He refused to come to set unless it was so high up. Yeah, exactly. He was like, I'm a I'm a high level priest. His, his altar has <laughs> literally. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know what's really weird? This movie thing makes you think these people who antagonize their lives, like uh, Felicia and the principal of the school, mm-hmm. they're gonna suffer consequences. Like, she gets insane and she vomits and she gets murdered by her own husband. Mm-hmm. Principal guy, yeah, he just gets a bit of vomit on him, he's fine. Yeah, things could be worse for him. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was set uh, up, and he was even worse but, than but Felicia no, was because Felicia, you meet her, she's actually a really nice lady. But there's no one in the town to clean his clothes. Oh, yeah, exactly, because there's no Orientals. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't have a Fidel. You know what's my favorite little touch of this? There's a lot of little touches. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, there's a lot, there's many a touch from Jack Nicholson. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the principal Poor grabbed Jack- an ass. Jack Nicholson gets voodoo dolled later on, and he gets his and he shut and he's buying ice cream and he punches through the glass yeah. and puts his hand in the ice cream. I love cut to later. He's got ice cream. Like the guy still sold ice cream to him after all of that. Like, smash, smash, smash. <laughs> now I'll have the pistachio. <laughs> yeah, like Give that's exactly what happened. I love that little thing in movies like this where you have that like. Oh, he's still got the ice cream though. I want to see that scene. It's still, it's still business. Well, the guy's like, well, you'll pay for my glass, right? And Jack's like, I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm all about the independent businessman. He bought the store. He bought the store, and now it's called Van Horn Ice Cream. I hey, is, was this in the 80s, but is Van Horn really that foreign of a name? Uh, I suppose in a back... Not backwards, necessarily, but like in a small, uh, insular, isolated... Yeah, uh, American, every town, USA, village. Probably. when Like, they would have... Like, the, to- the, the surnames then would have been Smith, Thompson, and... But they have Cher living in their town. <laughs> <laughs> they have a character whose name's Suki. That's true. Suki's a <laughs> a weird name. What especially what the, for a white woman? What are the origins of that? I wonder. Well, Woody Allen had a Suki. He did. <laughs> still, still. Um, um, see, this is another part. Another one of the scenes where I was, I looked at this and I was like, just well kept lawns here. Mm. Well, that shows how later on in the film, though. You have this ideal, pleasant village, and then Jack Nicholson comes along, and the town is literally showered in garbage when mm. he comes to the church. Mm. So it's kind of like a juxtaposition later on of like, hey, you remember when it was all clean and maintained and everything was happy and pristine? Jack Nicholson came to town, and everything's degraded and disgusting and ruined. Isn't that neat? I would like, I'd like a nice little, a little town like that. I'd like it to be warmish. 
You want to go to an Amish town? I, you know what? I would, lo- I would, I would enjoy living in an Amish town for a week. You would? Yeah, I think Harrison I would. Ford didn't like it in the film Witness. I, I would enjoy it. I feel like I just have too much technology, and I dislike it. Do you like buttons on um, your clothes? Because the it. Amish don't. I hate it. So get, look at me now. I got not a, not a button on me. That's true. He's not wearing any buttons. He's, not, he's even wearing and look track at, pants. Look at Lachlan. All buttons. <laughs> Lachlan is nothing but I buttons. I am currently wearing everything that I'm wearing at the moment. I'm sure that uh, the Amish community would be all okay, okay with, with. Excited from the, the vulcanized rubber on the heels of my shoes. Yeah. But even then, I'm sure you could probably justify that to an extent. I don't know. They, I don't know. We'll tell you what. Let's so they make Nick, that, he they... doesn't realize he's wearing headphones. Oh, Let's... <laughs> no, the Amish are okay with that. Yeah, they're okay with listening to music. <laughs> so these are this the equivalent of like those cans that have a really long string in between. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I've got one of them on each year. They're like, he has a can that wasn't that was made from a machine, an electronic machine. Boo! And Not okay. They, 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 and then they throw wooden cans at you. Tell you what, wooden cans. <laughs> wooden cans. Cups. <laughs> no, it's still a can. It's still a can. Does it, what dictates it as a can? I would have. I would have thought it was the material. No. Well, sure. well, it's roll it is functioning as uh well a jar functions as the same as a as a can yeah, could you have could you different. have a wooden jar you, so you can have a wooden jar what are you on about you can have a wooden jar <laughs> yeah why not well why can't you have a wooden can <laughs> because you I'm not, I'm not the one saying you can't have a wooden can exactly right <laughs> you tell were, you what let's you all go spend one, you were the one who's like you can't have a wooden let's can let's all spend a week in an Amish village different ones because I can't do this for a week <laughs> and then we'll, we'll reconvene see where we're at and uh, look we'll, we'll suss things out but guys she's not wearing a bra that's how this scene ends. It's Neither like, am I. She's not wearing a bra, but it's oh, like... Oh, Bartek, huh? Is it she? I <laughs> you, think she... You horny little devil, you. No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no! Bartek's a little devil. And then I leave. Little devil from nothing but trouble more like. I'm going to have pickles for <laughs> dinner, so this is a good scene. Look at all those different fruits we made up. And look at all those wooden jars she's carrying. Well, she's those, carrying those glass cans. Well, well, she can carry glass <laughs> glass jars, but not a wooden can. <laughs> what did I, you did you know the original one of the original casting choices for Daryl Van Horn was Bill Murray? Nope. Uh, is I don't know. Can Bill Murray go as much of an asshole? Like, I know he can be. He can be a real asshole, but I don't think he could have this be, level be, of be, energy. Be, yeah. I don't think so. I think he's a bit too apathetic in yeah. his performance. You know who would do a good job? And I know you'll be like, haha, very funny. But like Danny DeVito could do yeah. a good job because he, if you watch a movie like Ruthless People or another great film like Other People's Money, he can really drip with charisma and slime and mm. evil. And he's really charismatic and kind of like, I know we look at Danny DeVito now as like this little goblin man, but like he could be, he can be really attractive when he wants to be for what he, for who he is. I have not seen it. And I know, like, I'm sure once upon a time someone told him he was, but I've never seen a scene where I'm like, that's an attractive version of Danny DeVito. What, like, and I've never saw, seen him as like positively charismatic. Oh, Other People's Money is a great movie for that. I've like, he's slimy that. and an asshole, but you just, he's wearing these lavish clothes, he's got his hair slicked in a way, and he's just like, yeah, Danny DeVito's just a fucking charming guy in this, but evil. I reckon Michael Douglas could do a good job. Oh, Michael Douglas is the king. He's such a king that he said that licking pussy gave him throat cancer. 
You know that, right? I do and, now. And you remember, you remember who his wife is? Catherine Zeta-Jones. Can you imagine saying that and then going home to Catherine and she's huh. like, so I gave you cancer, did I? <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking in Zorro. Leave so me alone. So I uh, read the newspaper and Michael, I'm... You didn't paint me in a great light. You did, but you licked me in a good one. Oh! <laughs> what, too far? In a good thing? light? Yeah, candlelight. What are you, an idiot? It was a a sunbeam on a... If you're so close, you'll kind of be blocking the light. Well, she's not down there herself. What does she need the light for? Because she's enjoying the ambience of getting licked out by Michael Douglas. It's not really something you need light for. Look, there's also... I'm a big film aficionado, of course. And a a light aficionado, Well, this this is kind of a little bit of references to Michael Douglas, maybe with him and Kathleen Turner, directed by Danny DeVito as well. Sure. Um, War of the Roses, and they have a whole sequence in which they make love at a sunset. And she's like, "This is perfect lighting," and then he lick, and then he goes down and it dissolves to like the sun fully setting. And her moaning is like, "It's a comedy movie." To him with Catherine Zeta Jones, being like, "So have you been up to it again?" Ah, Catherine Zeta Jones. She was too young to be in this movie, but could you imagine a remake of this movie now? Who, Who would you, you cast as the three women? Mm, that is a because that's a toughie. You'd have Scarlett Johansson, obviously. I mean, she's an obvious choice. As the blonde, <laughs> or the redhead, or no, as as Fidel's character. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I would love for her not to speak, um, <laughs> because she's just got a monotone voice all the time. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I reckon I could see. Um, oh, I don't want to butcher her name, Stephanie. Burnett's, who plays Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine Nine, is as Cher. Cher? Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, she was. She had the um, yeah, the puffy hair, the overalls. I'm like, I can see Rosa doing that. Yeah, yeah. Rosa. Well, not Rosa, but yeah, Stephanie. No, Rosa. Her uh, Rosa in this movie, she's like, I'm not one for the devil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she is very good actually. Grabs a knife out. Like, what mm. do you want? Just from like, pure like a purely from like a physical standpoint, very similar looking as yeah. well. Is it weird that honestly you could still cast all three of these women and it would be great still today because they're all still very attractive now. Yeah. I Let's love do it. it. Let's do it. Michelle Pfeiffer, she's been on a Get streak. Michelle on she, the was, horn. she was in Ant-Man and the Wasp she's recently. She's doing okay. She's doing great. I would cast... Uh, I, I would want to cast a singer who's turned actress just for the continuity. Let's give Lady Gaga a shot. The Gaga. The Gaga. Well, she's uh, she's in um, that new Bradley Cooper film later this year, A Star Is Born. Is she they're the doing star? A, yeah, they're remaking A Star Is Born. With her. with her, I know she was in American Horror Story, and her first ever film was Machete Kills. Time was classic. You've seen it? I well, seen, it's got it? Mel Gibson in it uh, as the villain. Does Machete Kills have a sequel? No, Machete, no, Machete is the first, is the first one. Machete one. Kills is the sequel. Yeah, Machete right. has I've Lindsay Lohan, and Machete Kills has <laughs> has her in it. So Lady Gaga as a shape shifting assassin. So she starts out as Cuba Gooding Jr. No, as Walter Walton Goggins. Then someone sees his face and he's like rips off the face and then Cuba Gooding Jr. Then someone sees that rips off the face and Lady Gaga. Then rips off the face Antonio Banderas. <laughs> like that's an actual plot point. <laughs> Antonio Banderas. Let's cast him as as, uh, as Daryl. You know I caught uh, on TV a couple of nights ago? Spy Kids. The huh? back end of Shrek 2. Oh, fucking classic. Possibly. and I, The best I, end of it too. Well, yes, I was going to say possibly. And I think one of the best sequences in film history. Fairy Godmother? Yep, the, the, where she starts singing, and then yep. they're on top of the giant gingerbread man. Classic. On top Disagree of... Disagree with me. I dare someone. Okay. 
Um, have you seen? Oh the- yeah, the jo- I completely forgot about the giant gingerbread oh, man Latin? track too. His name's Mongo or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's. Um, I need a hero. Yeah. Now this great. is. Uh, now tell me, guys, what you were thinking during this sequence? Did this kind of gross you out a little? Because when I grew up watching this, this really did gross me out. Of like, what a sick idea this is of them eating the cherries and her vomiting them up. Well, that's what got me the most is the fact that so it's like they have to be eating the cherries. No one eats this. No, who's eating the pips? Like, come on. No, they're spitting them out and then she spits them out. When? Oh, okay, that makes more sense. In my mind, it was like they're eating the one whole in, thing. one out. No, no, no. Like you see them when 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 they're spitting them out in the sequence, she starts spinning and vomiting yeah, them out. Yeah, yeah. So, so what did you think? She's fully crazy now too. But oh, oh yeah, she's lost it. <laughs> God damn, Bartek? Yeah, I feel like if I grew up with this film, I would have been disgusted by it. I, I guess, but right, right now though, not disgusted. Right now, yesterday, no, half of really. the course. More turned on, if anything. <laughs> no, I, said I, I went wa- to the supermarket. I said I wasn't aroused. Though. Got oh. some, got some cherries for himself, and just sort of did a sim- had a similar experience. He, he was hoping it would happen to you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little little voodoo doll. <laughs> They're too calm <laughs> for now. <laughs> oh, no, no, it worked. But not in the way you expected. You know, you know, Nick couldn't get aroused. I mean, great. You know, no, cherries are a great fruit, and they are the like an anti. We specifically did not invite your family though. No, well, no, in the other room. We were, we were always going to end up talking about fruit. What's your favorite berry? <laughs> no joke. Blueberries. I've been in a long-term relationship, and it got to that point where my fiance looked over to me one day and said, "If you were a barrel, what what would what would you have in you?" That's that's what we got to. That, that's where we're practicing her vows. That's you, where we're at. Did you say a bunch of holes? No, I no, I didn't. What did you say? Well, we've got to know the answer now. I said Kirk's lemonade, the finest of lemonades. You'd be that in a barrel. You're an, obviously you're a water. Type a wooden barrel, barrel or a glass barrel? A wooden can. A wooden barrel. <laughs> a, a, you can a, have a metal a, sorry, barrel. A you know that, right? Can, a wooden can. You can have a plastic a barrel. A wooden too. can is a barrel. <laughs> I've just decided. A, a wooden can, can is a miniature barrel. barrel. Well, no, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's size. It's yeah. all about size. Because no. a barrel has to be a certain size. Right? Barrels can be small. Yeah, you're... Have you ever played Barrel of Monkeys? That's a small barrel. <laughs> that is a small barrel. And it's designed to look and like a plastic, wooden barrel, so but it's plastic. a cup. But you, can have plastic, but you can have plastic barrels. Have you watched Breaking Bad? He puts them in We're plastic leaving. barrels all the time. They're tubs. Fuck off, they're tubs. They're do a you, tub at do best. Do you know what a tub is? Do you know what a barrel is? Tubs are not that. We have a bath. Are you crazy? Maybe. He thinks that's a tub. He thinks those are tubs. You're I'm, fucking nuts. I'm staying out of this one. Go eat some he's, water he's bananas. Staying, he's staying out of this because he's like, they're clearly cans. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly a plastic can. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just crack open my plastic can. Hey, it could be a plastic can if it has a ring pull on it plus they would never they wouldn't would never. they i don't think i just think i genuinely actually think that from a <laughs> from a physical standpoint i don't know if that would make sense to be able to have the ring pull aspect of the plastic so those people at home really wanting an in-depth discussion on the film witches of eastwick welcome to the is it a can podcast the container podcast Bartek, if you're a barrel <laughs> oh, so you think you? it's a container now oh okay well i'm just generalizing it to all of them. They oh, all contain okay. things. No, the podcast is this is the whole name of it. Everything we're saying right now, including this, that's the whole name. It's, it's like, long... is it a can? Is it a container? It's a long file name to be sure. Bartek, if you're a barrel, <laughs> what you, what's in you? More barrels. Oh, a barrel full but of what's barrels. In barrel of barrels. A barrel nesting doll. Just a bunch of barrels. A, a, a barrel babushka doll. A, a, rushing nesti- a Russian nesting barrel. Yes, correcto. What are you, Nick? I got blueberries in me. Of course you do. You're blue balling it. So, um, Lachlan? 
Girl barrel, what's in you? And uh, nicely aged scotch. Oh, but not of course too... he has to be the one with alcohol. Clear. <laughs> He's got problems, don't worry. He's got those major well, problems. Well, my thing can't be ingested, so... Ex- you can you ingest, ingest a, barrel. a barrel. If you get a small enough barrel. <laughs> you're a also weirdo. A thimble. Yeah, but if you said a barrel and barrel, you could breathe in one of them if you really want. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically I've got barrels in no, me. No, so. but Bartek's like, but Ryan, you know, at a certain point, the size eventually becomes a can. <laughs> and then eventually a thimble as I referenced seconds ago. And then what's well, a thimble, than a thimble wouldn't work because a, a thimble lens. isn't a thimble's open. Like it has an open area to it. it isn't closed. A, it doesn't have a lid. It doesn't have a you know the thing making it. You'd want a lid on a barrel. You don't have a lid on a thimble. What if are you crazy? If a barrel, you He's gotta... like, let me just look up. <laughs> let me just. Look I was just gonna up. say you should really consider approaching Storage King after the show to get this episode let me, sponsored. Let me lock up my thimble. <laughs> you, you don't, don't want any liquid lids? getting out. Well, I'd hate for something to fall into the thimble, and that way, when I put my pinky into it. It doesn't get in as far as it should. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, crap. I can't oh, get no. my pinky in the thimble because I got my lid on. That's where I put my keys <laughs> in the thimble. <laughs> what small keys do you have? What large thimbles I have. <laughs> well, uh, well, there you go. You can have a very large thimble if you want. Oh, it very red, it's a very red riding hood right now. <laughs> oh, Grandma, man. what large thimbles well, you have. Guys, All the better to store my keys with, my dear. Well, we've already covered the Amanda Seyfried red riding hood on the show. So, you know, oh, yeah, it didn't have was, a thimble in it, but was, it did have Gary that Oldman. A, that was a film. <laughs> it was a great film. It had Gary Oldman in it. Oscar winning actor, Gary Oldman. And here's Fidel looking at us uncomfortably. <laughs> He always looks at you uncomfortably. No, I'm usually relatively comfortable. He's still alive now. That's good. Um, How old would he be? Quite old. I've what else has he been in? What's his well, name? Carl what? I can't pronounce his last name. Suck? It's very foreign so, so to me. He's, um, he's Smith. Lurch in the Adams Family movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can he's see that. He's the giant in Twin Peaks. Star. Ah, yes. He's got he's some years behind in him. Star Trek The Next Generation. And we're back to Star Trek. <laughs> and we come full circle. Well, if you really want me to get full into Star Trek, I'm I'm pretty sure Richard Jenkins like made an appearance. To. I don't know, Bartek, do you really want him to go into Star Trek? I mean, it's a show. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is and that's that. A, and that's as far into it as you're going. Well, it's a movie series as well. There's like 12 movies. So there you go. Yeah. That's not a show. Two of them suck. Which, no, which sh- two? You'll never uh, know. You know, the Abrams ones. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. There's lots more that suck. Trust me. I don't mind You haven't them. seen Star Trek V, the one that William Shatner said, hey, can I direct a movie in which we ask, can we look for God? And then we find God and we don't like him, so we shoot him with lasers. <laughs> That's Pretty a movie. Standard. That's a great movie. I mean, terrible, terribly great. There's start. Look, Star Trek's such a crazy franchise. I don't know why people take it seriously, even myself sometimes, mm. because Star Trek's like a franchise that said, "Hey, in the fourth movie, how about an alien species comes along with a super weapon that only whales can stop? But we don't have any whales in our timeline because they're extinct. So how about you guys travel back in time to steal a whale from an aquarium? Why not? And play around in the in the eighties. And Spock, you have to wear a bandana because you've got ears that are pointing. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, Bones, how about you walk into a hospital and you see that they're giving this woman dialysis and you're like, that's fucking crazy. Give her a pill. And then the doctor comes in later in the movie. And it's like, lady, you have two kidneys now. <laughs> you only had one before. See, now this sounds like a film that we would come up this with. This is, that is very Every true. Star Trek film is a film it you was should made, come up with. It was made by us on the podcast. Right now, to bring it back to the Witches of Eastwick, yep. uh, this is probably the turning point, I would say, for uh, the when relationship. They, yeah. When they leave him. When they're like, this is, uh, things are not going good. And mm. there's a little bit of a 
bit of a yelly yelly on the phone there. Oh, man, if you need someone to yell at you on the phone, it's Jack Nicholson. Oh, that's true. I can't go to sleep without uh, having him yell at me on the phone. If you wanted to have a screaming match on the phone, Jack Nicholson versus who? He knocks weird on the door. Just just look how softly he knocks. It's like he's punching it <laughs> who would I, downwards. Who would I have yelling at yeah. me? No, no, no. So I'm saying like the ultimate screaming match on the phone. Samuel Sh- Jackson. Jamuel, J- oh, Jam- Jamuel, <laughs> Jamuel. Samuel Nicholson. <laughs> and Jack Nicholson, for sure. Jack Nicholson and Samuel Jackson. You can't handle the truth, motherfucker! <laughs> I am the Lord. Happy birthday. Adam Sandler doing Whitey. Yeah, doing his character Whitey. Hey guys, it's me. Why? No, that's Which just again. Josh Peck. That's still Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> okay, Gilbert Godfrey, cartoon bird in the Math Chase cartoons. As you well. mean Cyber Cyber Chase? Cyber Chase. Which um was also the villain was Christopher Lloyd. Was he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. And also no Cyber bull- Chase. No bullshit. I found the entire series of that on YouTube and, like three days ago. And you know the reason why you, the only reason you would ever revisit why? this TV show Cyber Chase is because it has a fucking thumping theme song. Cyber Chase, Cyber Chase, moving, repeating hacker, he's hacker at his game. Cyber Chase. Bartok's like, I don't know what this cyber chase is. Okay. No, I got stuck in one of those. You know when you're in a YouTube wormhole and it's like, oh, recommended for you, recommended for you. I got stuck in one of those like 90s Australian TV show nostalgia wormholes. Yeah. Cyber chase. Gotta be a hacker at his game. uh, I lived... I've always I've always lived with this problem of... I always used to have flashbacks. Not being able to be aroused. And uh, No, I can can do that like a... Like I can clip. My- oh, I'm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I am. I can now. see why you're wearing tracky dacks. Uh, <laughs> with an iron guard on my crutch. But I used to. I always <laughs> lived with this thing of. I would always have flashbacks to this sh- kids show that I thought I remembered from when I was younger. Mm. Yeah. And it was like it was a uh, like plasticine animated. Um. It was it was weird. It was set in space. The aliens were really like uh. strange looking, and I never knew what it was. And then this year. Some website called Pedestrian bought out like the top ten most like yep. fuck, fucked up uh, kids shows from the nineties, and it was on the list. What? And I found it on YouTube, and it was disturbing. What is it? I've forgotten. You fucker! You do <laughs> this, and you give us nothing. I was like, okay, plus the scene. Could it be Rocky and the Dodos? No, no, no. That, that is was it good. Gogs? No, thank you for reminding me of Rocky and the Dodos because that's also because they used to get the squid and they used to squeeze it into the shell and yeah, and you wanted to drink it yourself, but yeah, you never could because but... it was ink from a squid or because it's fake. Um, that's also true uh, uh you know this movie is 31 years old uh, but it feels like it's a very 80s movie i will give it that but i think that you could do this film today and it would still work but why isn't it really held good. up in such high regard considering who's involved i mean you got Three legendary actresses. You've got Jack Nicholson at probably one of the tops of, like, at the, one of the moments of height of his career. Mm. You've got George Miller directing. Mm. Like, why, why isn't this... Well, I guess what... What, what came uh, out around? What came out in 1987? Uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, to be answered another day. <laughs> well, it was this plasticine show about aliens <laughs> that I won't remember the name of because fuck you. Um, I don't know, but I don't, I don't know. I mean... This film's awesome, isn't it? I mean, this one here is yeah. interesting. At the very least, it's 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 incredibly unique, uh, and I'll probably never watch it again. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know why? Because Netflix on Australia well, removed it, was it. Difficult to watch it. I had to source it through other means. <laughs> yeah, 
Complete. Yeah, he had to ask his parents for a copy of the DVD that and they, they already were, had. And they were like, oh, we're trying to pitch bloody fruits, Nick. Get out of the room. <laughs> like, where, are you, where are you up to now, guys? We're having a hard time with passion fruit and kiwi fruit. Do we just call it passion kiwi or kiwi passion? Quashion fruit. No, you're not that. You're, you're, not, you're not that smart. That's like a Lachlan suggestion right there. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you have to have the full name of one of the fruits in there. Powie. Quashion fruit is very I like Powie. Powie good. Powie fruit. You need a Powie. That actually would be a great fruit to mm. crossbreed together, by the way. Get a little tang, a little bit of sweetness. I'm sure it's the fruit that he will start cutting into in a moment, uh, Jack Nicholson, to give Michelle Pfeiffer pain. I'm sure that's a, a, a Powie fruit. It is It is Powie-esque. Doesn't he look like Beethoven in this sequence? <laughs> The dog Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> he is a, he's a large Saint Bernard. He does look... If, if Jack Nicholson was a dog, he would be that kind of dog. Though. You reckon he'd be a Saint Bernard? Look at him. I you, did, oh, in that... Oh, I, in this... Now and then. Are you fucking crazy? Of course he would be a Saint I Bernard. Don't, I don't know if I agree with that. What, would what you, do you think? What you, kind of dog would Jack Nicholson be? Uh, woof woof. I can't... <laughs> let me have a quick think. See... How tall is Jack Nicholson? Not incredibly tall. I think he's like five eight, five seven. I imagine him uh, looking because he's a bit. Look sc- at him here. Bit scruffy, bit of a weirdo. Uh, I Jack imagine Russell. him as well. I was going to say whatever Fry's dog in Futurama is. Wow, does that, does that you think that? of him as like this mutt? Yeah. Oh, no, he's a St. Bernard, buddy. Do you think, you're, do you think Jack Nicholson's purebred? <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, no, no. Dude, 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 dude. He's as purebred as you can get. You don't know Jack Nicholson's family story? No. Fuck. Okay, no, no, no. This is serious. This is real. Jack Nicholson grew up for most of his life thinking that his parents were his parents and his sister was his older sister, but in fact, his older sister was his mum. His grandfather was his... Like his father was actually his father and mother were actually his grandparents, but also his grandfather is his father. Okay, mm. let's hang on. So wait, so he's so a he product grew up. of incest? Yeah. Jack Nicholson's a product of incest. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at him, you can actually kind of see it a little. Not to slag off the man. That's at least last thing I, I, I that's at least what I remember of his. Was it him who was old thumbs in the film? No, that's Fidel. <laughs> Fidel. Okay. He's a giant too. <laughs> No, yeah. So um, he's wow. a purebred as you but can get. I knew, I knew, I knew that the he grew up thinking his mum was his sister. Yeah, I and think his, I think it's. And he thought the person he thought his mum was was actually his grandmother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was uh, the grandfather did a little bit of a uh, incesty rape. I'm pretty sure. I, I might, I might have to double check. That. I think double check that one because I mean, look at him though. <laughs> Double check that before this gets released. Nah, I'm gonna just tweet it. Be like Jack Nicholson. So hold on, hold product, on. Product Vincent. If you bit of polish breaks the news. So commit incesty rape, and then the child gets an Oscar for every decade. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a foolproof, <laughs> foolproof algorithm. Well, he didn't get any in the 2000s, just so. No, there need to be well, more incidents before we can. Do you, you know, know that though? I'm pretty sure Bucket List got an Oscar nom and win. Uh, you just don't want to admit he, it. Nah, <laughs> you don't want to admit the incest works. Yeah, if anything, he should have won for The Departed. For going for the I sense. said bucket list. That's my choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with it. I'm fucking sticking with it. Has Morgan Freeman there? What are you racist? <laughs> yeah, but The Departed has Marky Mark. Oh and, wow, and it's Marky, Marky Mark, Mark would never be racist. Well, the film also has uh, Martin Sheen in it, mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, yeah, saw an interview with Alec Baldwin. Uh, Oh, every movie with Alec Baldwin's an Oscar-nominated movie in my in my eyes. 
Beetlejuice right up there. This mm. is this is the scene where I thought uh, I was like, oh yeah, she has kids because mm. I hadn't seen them for a while. And I completely forgot they were around. Oh, okay. I thought you were going in a different direction there. I went in this direction. Oh shit, he's internally fucking with her, like her body, and she's pregnant. She's gonna lose. She's gonna be the one that doesn't have kids because. Right. He fucked her physically, right? I thought that was going to... I've seen no. this movie before. Yeah, no. I thought it was going to go that way. It's like, oh, Susan Sarandon can't have kids. And Michelle Pfeiffer's always having kids. Wouldn't it be a, a dramatic twist that one of them that doesn't have kids has a kid and then the one who always has kids can't have kids because he internally hurt her? I mean, I suppose potentially. But I mean, I was just making an observation of what I saw on screen. I wasn't like too worried about... You weren't thinking. I, I wasn't analysing it when I saw it, no. But George Miller wants you to analyse his movies. Ah, George, leave Remember, me he's the biggest feminist filmmaker of 2015. I wouldn't have it any other way. Remember when that happened, when Mad Max Fury Road came out and everyone's like... It was a. It did divide people because people were like, "Yeah, he's a feminist savior," and other people were like, "These fucking feminazis ruining my Mad Max movies." And it's I'll just like, that. dude, did you ever watch a Mad Max movie? Like, I mean, yeah, they weren't great. I mean, they're great, but like, yeah, maybe it's good if you have a female character in them that isn't a villain for once. Wouldn't that yeah. be neat? I mean, th- Thunderdome. I mean, you got Tina Turner. We don't need another hero. We don't need another hero. I love. Thunderdome. Well, you know, Ryan, in an episode that we did in 2015, you did say the phrase, fuck the patriarchy. Uh, fuck the patriarchy, hashtag, How fuck the patriarchy. How do you know? How do you have that? Because it was a... one of the first few episodes. Oh, right. Like, okay. Is that our film, Sorority Boys, wasn't it? No, it was uh, Bend It Like Beckham, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, because Bend It Like Beckham said, fuck the patriarchy, we're all about women. And Jesus. it was. Is oh. that the tagline for the film? No, the real tagline for the film was... What a freaking down, no, no, down with fem- Down with the patriarchy... Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Boo the patriarchy. <laughs> That's what I think we came up with something like that. I, I think it, you made an image. I made an, all uh, thumbs. There we go. They, just, that just leaves me, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> the, the character calling himself Jack Nicholson. <laughs> with his tongue <laughs> sticking out. Perpetually has his tongue touching his chest. You know what's really weird? If Jack Nicholson existed in this universe. Yeah. Because David mate. Letterman exists in this universe. Yes. So that means this is our universe. So I want to be. A, I always think about that with some movies that are set in the real world. Mm. There are some movies that do that, where it's like yeah. it's set in the real world, but then they will have a movie or something that that actor is in. Yeah. yeah, like in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the wife is watching a movie with Kevin Bacon in it. But mm. Kevin Bacon's in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles at the very beginning. Uh, is that? that I think. Uh, but he's playing a different yeah. character. Yeah. But right, like, does it mean like Kevin Bacon exists in this universe? I, I love I it when that happens. Read that as a the, the film itself was playing its own like shortcut to Seven Degrees of Seven ba- uh, Kevin Bacon. Well, he's in the but he's actually in the movie at the beginning. Yeah, like, uh, Planes, so Trains. It's, it's so the it's shortest. Like, if there was a weird way you were playing, I just I think that that's in my mind. I was like, that's a fun game to play. Mm. Playing the Kevin Bacon, I mean, we haven't had a Kevin Bacon appearance on any episodes thus far. I don't think he's popped up his beautiful face in an, in a movie we've covered yet. Shocking. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't remember old Kevy Bacon, the hero of a nation. I like how he's come back in popularity over the last few years, like turning mm. up in movies and actually being... He's a really he's actually a decent actor now. I imagine that's why he got so many roles. <laughs> well, no, it's because he was a pretty boy. Uh, well, he's he's not. I mean, he's he's that, and he's not bad. Yeah, but he's always sleazy looking too. Like, and there's nothing wrong with being a sleazy looking. I think it's because Patrick Swayze died. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, seriously. Recently? They, no, like ten years ago. I know. But like, that's when his career started to come back. 
interesting. I guess I that's never an interesting really... theory. Because no, because I always I don't competed... support it at all. But no, it's because an interesting they always theory. competed for the same roles. Ah, oh, I mean, I guess I was never in the casting room, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, they always competed for the same roles. It's, I'm pretty sure there was... Christopher Plummer had that too with another actor. I can't remember who it is. Jack Nicholson. No, nah, they always competed for the same roles, and then one of them died, and now this guy's getting all the, the roles that guy's going to get. What, what an unfortunate His world. name was Kevin Spacey. Um, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> 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 oh, man. It's weird. Hollywood should have warned us that Kevin Spacey was a bad guy. Maybe maybe they should have by having him be every villain in every movie that he's ever in all the time. Mm, it's like, uh, watch, watch Usual Suspects. I love when there's a period of time where there was movies where it was a surprise that Kevin Spacey was the bad guy, like Usual Suspects. Like, that's the yeah, twist. Before it's, we all it's Kevin Spacey's the bad but it's like, but even back then, in the in that period of time, he was considered to be a guy where it's a surprise that he's the bad guy. It's like, is it? Because I've always grown oh, up with yeah. the he's always evil or always mischievous or whatever. It's like, man, could you be? A, imagine being in the eighties here and seeing Jack Nicholson at the at the height. This is even before he even got big again with the Batman movie, hmm. which really revitalized his career beyond any measure. Because that was one of the biggest. Well, it still is one of the biggest movies. Ever. I mean, it's a big... I mean, you, if you didn't have Batman 89, you wouldn't have any oh, of these superhero movies superhero now. superhero revival wouldn't have come back. You wouldn't have had any of them at all. I mean, you I mean, you could say, oh, maybe those Christopher Reeve Superman movies, but no. Nah, nah. But they paved the way for the Batman 89, which even then yeah. paid the, paved the way for the X-Men films, which that was... Blew it and up. the Spider-Man movie, too. Because, mm. you know, you kind of... They, they happened at the same time, those X-Men and Spideys. Ah, Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. Another movie affected by 9-11. Remember that? Uh, not really. We, I was very, very young. You don't remember 9-11? No. <laughs> I do. It interrupted Cheese TV, and I was really upset about that as no, a small really? child. How, how, did they cover the, how did they cover it on Cheese TV? No, they interrupted Cheese TV. Oh, right. I thought you for mean... 9-11, and I was like, what's this? I wouldn't even watch oh, Dragon Ball Z. Someone's playing didn't, didn't get there on time. Give me my cartoons. Like, I was really young, so I was like, oh, I want to watch Dragon Ball Z. I want to know what's going to happen with Vegeta. And now I don't actually know what happened with Vegeta. I hope he's fine. That's because they cut away from it. You know, in Spider-Man, the first one, there's a whole sequence, and in the ads too, of him going around the Twin Towers and whatever, and then they had to redo it because, they, you know. Yeah, right. No, I didn't know that. I mean, because I guess I have... I think one of the very early trailers is... It was like a um, teaser or something. Yeah, a teaser of... Him. That that and Zoolander, uh, well, the, they're the first couple of movies where they digitally edit out the Twin Towers. Hmm. Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. We've covered many movies on this show where it's like they've been inadvertently affected by 9-11. Well, it's general world disasters. Is there many other world no, disasters? No, no, I mean like behind the scenes stuff as well. Like Aaron Eckhart wanted to do a fun movie, so he did, because of 9-11, depressed him so much, so he did The Core, the movie that asked the question, does the Earth's core stop spinning? Can Stanley Tucci throw a bomb down there? <laughs> I haven't seen The Core, can he? No, he gets killed, but um, oh, Aaron okay. Eckhart does does it for him. Oh, good. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> um, oh, man. Jack Nicholson's kissing people. People. It's pretty wild. Not you, though. So did we ever find out what uh, other films came out around 1987 to see? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I, I, you know, I can look that. I'll look that up. How about you guys chat about your experiences? And Nick, you were saying to me before, and you had a lot of thoughts on this movie. You were, like, overwhelmed with thoughts. That made me think, did you not like the movie? Well, I... 
probably very neutral towards this film. I would say, and I wouldn't. I'm I'm probably not going to rewatch it, but it's a classic case of if it's it's one of those things where if I come across it on TV, I'm literally doing nothing. I won't turn it off. Uh, because and that probably comes down to like a very strong cast and I guess it very it's very aesthetically pleasing. I think I like I like the mansion. I like you said I like the town. I like a lot of what's happening in it. Um, I do think it was a very interesting film to watch with a lot of I guess the way that Nicholson's character talks about women to watch right now yeah. considering the current climate in Hollywood. It's very um, unsettling. Yeah, it is a little bit because like you would probably borderline. And I know that films are an art piece and they're different, but I think people would be very cautious to have similar dialogue pieces and stuff happening. But at the same time, he's the villain. Oh, like, and, and I get that. that. And I think that's how the film justifies it in that regard yeah. to be like, his behavior is not good. And obviously that's the reason why this is completely fine and above board and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's still, like I said, unsettling to hear and see throughout. Mm, that's true. So some films for context that came out in 1987, and I just want to, I'm going to list them in order of what they've got here, so you know how high-ranked uh, Witches of Eastwick came up. You had Predator. No, big. You had The Lost Boys. Big. Joel Schumacher. You had Lethal Weapon. Big. Beverly Hills Cop 2. Pretty big. The Witches of Eastwick. Huh. Robocop. Big. Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Uh, I think it was probably... And The Untouchables. Hey, yeah, that's, a, that's an Oscar-winning movie. That. Sean that's Connery a, really deserved to win for his performance as an Irish policeman. That's a pretty big year. <laughs> so I, and look, I'd say that's why it might have been forgotten amongst a lot of because there's a lot of cult classics in there, uh, including Witches of Eastwick. Do you consider it, Witches of Eastwick a cult classic? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I reckon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because those ones that we listed are pop culture classics. You have Lethal Weapon, Predator. They're not. Cult. I suppose pop culture versus cult. Lost uh, Boys yeah, yeah. is more cult classic status, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. considering its subject material and all that, and it's what made Joel Schumacher. Let's not forget that's a film directed by him. Mm. This movie's a cult classic. Oh, a hundred percent. This screams cult stuff. I mean, you've got. It's the typical thing. You got this weird, dark subject matter. You got the devil. You got supernatural. You got eroticism. Mm. It's a failed big Hollywood movie of celebrities, and you got George Miller involved as well, mm. who's a cult director in his own right. Even with Mad Max Fury Road, he's still a cult director. He's not like Mr. Spielberg or something. Do we know how this one did? financially like at the box office oh i don't know i imagine that if well, it, it roger Ebert, have... if roger ebert gave it a thumbs up then it must have done good it must have done okay i mean mm. i'm sure i'm sure all those movies you just listed as well they all made their money back i would imagine mm. maybe not the adventures of babysitting i no, don't know that well, one. actually i've never heard of that one to be honest with you <laughs> i've heard it's popular but i've never seen i've it. never heard of it is it as well, good the... as uh, i don't beverly know hills, I, as, uh, nightmare on elm street 3 or beverly hills cop hmm. 2 um, I'm actually gonna look up this Adventures of Babysitting. What the fuck? Wasn't is Adventures this? in Babysitting? Oh, ba- Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, Adve- Adventures of Babysitting is a home movie that oh, I made. Okay, it's got actors I don't know. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. I bet he explains the plot. Is he really? <laughs> He's really in it. As is Anthony Rapp, the man who outed Kevin Spacey. Interesting. Um, weirdly enough. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, there's other people, but I don't know them very well, and I'm actually really good with knowing actors. Here comes the voodoo doll scene. Oh, this is a classic scene here. This is, this is what really you big want. fan of the ball. Oh, Bradley Whitford's in Inventions of Babysitting. Now that makes sense because Richard Jenkins was too busy in this. You got to have Bradley Whitford in the in the other. I questioned his move to punch through the glass and put his hand in the ice. Because he's yeah. burning. Was it been, I, I didn't because he's stabbing pain, burning sensation. I've never with cold. I've never with associated. Cold. 
stabbing pain with burning. Yeah, no, no. I apparently that's one stabbed. of the symptoms. Is it really? Yeah. yeah, burning sensation. I suppose you can numb anything with the cold, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's ice cream. But it's like, are you going <laughs> to cut your hand? And <laughs> you still got the ice cream. But you're going <laughs> to slice your hand open to go to the ice cream to... Um, well, he... Yeah, why not? Because he's... he's, in, he's yeah, What's he got to lose? What's he got to lose? He's the yeah. devil. <laughs> Girls! Girls! <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we haven't really established if he feels pain in the normal way. He's feeling pain from voodoo. Yeah. Yes, and also, I think one of the things, too, is the more voodoo magic they use on him, or magic, the more demon comes from him. Because look at him now. He's kind of... Like, later on, we'll see his his shoe breaks and a demon, like, foot comes out of it. I think it's like, is it that the more magic you use on him, the mm. more he becomes his true image? Is he is he a demon mm. hiding within a man's body that slowly... Well, he's what they've made him. Let's not that's forget, true. they've, they they've po- summoned this up, and that's what he's manifested himself. I like Vartex, and like, Th- you were saying about that a, earlier. Like, yeah, yeah. Which is why, because, you know, he was made to be the perfect man for them, the fact that they're rejecting him, like, what would that do to your psyche? That's kind yeah. of my thought process. That yeah. Was a, well, that would have been a fun scene to film with him flying across the lawn with all the feathers and stuff. And trash. Just tr- pure trash. Oh, man. Yeah, this is a monologue I did for NIDA, and they thought it was good enough for me to have a second go. So everyone, th- imagine Ryan as we, uh, as we see this. Hey guys. So at what point does younger Ryan. at what point does a, a younger Ryan like what point does he launch into it? Like from right now? Oh yeah, I walk in. Yeah, I walk in like this. Like I stumble in. Like yeah, cuz you're drunk, right? Cuz I'm drunk. Yeah. I'm playing it like I'm drunk guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, sorry guys. I'm not doing that voice. I'm just doing Jack now. Like just having a little trouble. Like I stumble into the room and that's how I start into this." There you go. Do you remember the speech still? No. No, 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 no. A little domestic problem. A little domestic problem. <laughs> That's my Jack impression. It's pretty damn good. Oh, Jack Nicholson. Let's not forget he was an easy writer as well. I was forget that was one it. of his early early films. That's one of the first things that really broke him into the world. Mm. That got him. That's one thing that got him one foot of the cuckoo's nest. So there you go. Here we go. I mean, sure, this guy is a sexual predator, but all he deserves is a little bit of vom vom on his face. Sexual predator, but a little bit of vom vom. That's all he needs. That's it. Huh, so you say he deserves it, but I noticed the priest also got vom vom on him. Well, it's because he's a sexual predator. He's a priest. That's what I I thought. Come on. Also, he's down... We both grew up Catholic. We know the truth. Also, he's down on ground level, so he can't be out of frame. That is true. Unfortunately, that's I what did, happens when you come off your podium. Is you I, get I did notice at the start of the scene he was up there, then it cut to a shot he wasn't up at the podium, but then you saw ah, uh, it's because he's at ground level. He... This film really thought itself through. Yeah, it did because it... of that reason. Just, just in the positioning of the priest throughout the two scenes. It's the little it? things that count. That's it, guys. We can't release the movie. Why? Why, why is that? There's a small, slightly There's small, a small inconsistency. Um... Do you want to reshoot if you're that desperate? Nah, fuck it. This doesn't There's a small released. continuity error, and we're not having a bar of it. That's uh, $100 million down the drain. You know, I, I do find it kind of funny that we brought up this whole conversation about is this a cult classic, because if anything, that's kind of what Unappreciated Masterpieces is about, creating mm. films that, become... that aren't being loved now for whatever reason and making them loved again. Mm. That's, that's kind of our goal. So you say you're gonna you're gonna revive the witches of Eastwick. You're gonna bring it back into the public spotlight. It'll be the 121st film that we'll do that for. Uh, well, I've looked up stuff. 
Sorry, Jack Nicholson's well, grandparents. You're not, you're not incest, maybe. No one knows who Jack Nicholson's dad is. That's why people like, maybe incest? I like how he's <laughs> jumped to that. They're like, where's dad? Don't know. Probably it was his granddad. <laughs> yeah. So you said you said you were looking up stuff. I'm like, oh, he's talking about adventures and babysitting again, but no. Uh, uh, well, uh, sorry to adventures and babysitting. We'll you do may it on have, the show. <laughs> uh, maybe one day we'll do it on the show. It seems unappreciated to me. It was after you know quite a few good movies. So mm. there you go. It was low on that list, wasn't it? I love that little this little laugh. He's got to get a little exercise. <laughs> Classic Jack Nicholson. And you did all this as well in the thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty long speech. Yeah, it was like a, you have to do like a four minute monologue. Ah, oh, four minute, fair enough. Yeah, you don't just go in there like, give me a 30 second monologue. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> Woman. Is that how you would perform it? No, that's me doing uh, confused child. <laughs> confused child who... His oh, name I, is, oh, his name is Nick. <laughs> confused child who really likes, what's his face? Uh, Jerry Lewis. Yeah, he also likes Jerry Lee Lewis, the man who asked the question, can I marry my own 13-year-old cousin? I had to say that slowly because I was thinking of Jerry Springer. <laughs> Springer. Spr- All the Jerry's my favorite, my favorite Austin Powers character, Jerry mm. Springer. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yeah, yes. the second one. Yeah, the second one's the best one. Which yeah. has Heather Graham. It has yes. my sexual awakening, Heather Graham, yeah. We all went silent for that. I'm like, well, Ryan, you were to... drinking, so we're like, yeah. we can't make him laugh. He's also rock hard and is pointing it out to everyone. In well, the I've room. said many times on the podcast that Heather Graham was that actress that kind of was many like, times, yeah. many times that actress for me growing up that made me go, oh, I have feelings, and then uh-huh. you're like, this oh, is these are these are I just sexual feelings. This isn't how I think about my friends at school. <laughs> I've just noticed. No. Uh, I'm a movie kid. Go on. Oh, I. You've just noticed. I was just going to say, I've just noticed. Was that Fidel who just came out of the hardware store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Oh, okay. It's him holding all the big things, and but he's like, what happened to me? They okay. went out together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, I wasn't paying attention when I rewatched that part then. No, there's a lot of visual imagery that you might miss. Yeah. Like, I, I've watched this film many times, and I've never noticed until the rewatch last night that when they defeat Daryl, mm. they have an, a, a shot of the windows here, which you see them at now, um, Daryl's busted through them, and when you see that he's been defeated or burning his little weird, like, fetus body that he has at mm. the end, you see for a quick shot that the, uh, the, the, the frame of the window has been busted off the ground, and it's the shape of a cross. Mm. It's kind of neat. It's like I, a little bit of visual imagery there. I really like this scene. Where? Uh, this, this whole sequence yeah. of him getting thrown, like, they're just trying to clean up and they obviously don't see, I feel like this said. is where George Miller really came to shine with his Mad Max because cars <laughs> yeah well because I mean, you know, under the camera to make it wheels. look like it's going fast four wheels and chaos that's it's weird that you describe babe big in the city like that four wheels and chaos <laughs> four wheels chaos and bacon yeah, he did Kevin, the f- Kevin and otherwise in in the, his next film Lorenzo's Oil um, I got introduced to that film because of the film Paul. You remember Paul with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg? Yeah. yeah. The, there's a secret. And some guy called Seth. Seth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seth I don't mind it. It's, yeah, it's a fine there's film. There's the secret agent guy played by I think Jason Bateman, hmm. and he's like, "My name's, my name's uh, Agent Zoyle. and then you find out his first name's Lorenzo, Lorenzo. and I'm like, "What's that?" And you could tell, I could yeah, tell yeah, as a young a- person that's a joke there, and I was like, "What the." this joke and I looked it up and they're like oh it's actually really good oh okay oh, I should, yeah. me I'm this guy well if they're referencing it I should check out the movie and then yeah. I checked out the movie it's good it's good it's mm. good good 
good time. I mean, depressing a little, but interesting. Yeah. And like, ah, films. Agent Zoil. Lorenzo. And that film asked, can we have freaking Sigourney Weaver in it? And this film asked, via John Peters, could we have aliens? <laughs> Maybe Sigourney Weaver in it. <laughs> Fucking John Peters. I would love to know, like, what, what was the day that they were filming and the alien rocked up on set? I would really hope it was the day in which... Um, oh, there's the shoe thing. Yeah, there's the shoe thing, and he's, his hand, his nails are claw-like, and yeah. I love this effect of him grabbing the handle and the steam comes off of it because his hand is so, like, demon hot. It's like, what is you this? You can see where the BAFTA for special effects came. It's actually really good, though. Mm. Um, no, I don't know. This is just an emotional film. I think it's... Do you think it's funny, though? This is a black comedy. Did you laugh at any point? Uh, I I saw where there was slight humour in things, but I, I guess... exhaled through my nose. He doesn't laugh. That's why. <laughs> that's Bartek's voodoo effect. Stop it. Lachlan can't laugh. Nick can't get aroused. What do I do to the doll to make him not laugh? Oh, you just pointed at it Re- and went, "Not funny!" <laughs> and then he, and then you he decided tickle. not to laugh. Okay, I the see. old reverse tickle. The old reverse tickle, as Nick calls it in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse tickle. That's why the women aren't laughing. That's why it's when I put my hand as a, like in, in a claw-like position, and then, <laughs> then they and they jump on the top of it. And that way, it's the, the stomach rubbing against the claw, but it doesn't tickle. If anything, it hurts. It's really funny because in this scene, they have to laugh for her to survive. <laughs> Lines up great. I know. I thought this was funny. I've seen it many times. I like the the bird joke that he had earlier in the movie, in which he's like, you know, Where he's talking it? about like pissing on the bird <sighs> or whatever. Trying to find a snowy egret. And then he's just like, "Do you want to, you know, have dinner or whatever?" And she's like, "You know, it's not, it's not the 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 season. What for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> no, for pissing on birds. <sighs> oh, very good. Shit. I love those kind of singers. Those are the, those are the great singers. I love those. They always they always make me weak inside. Those were good. I'm like, oh. I think the main thing that made me laugh was the you want to be on top or bottom line. That made you laugh. Wow. Because it was right after this really long monologue by Cher, like pretty much shitting on him every two seconds. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, conceptually, it's very funny. There is a line in her monologue that I, I laughed at quite a lot where she's just like, You're, you, you, you just sink to new lows and you've even managed to find a few new ones while you're there. It's like, <laughs> just so Cher. I don't know. I thought it was actually funny. What have you guys? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was like it's like not overtly funny, but there are moments where you're like, I can see the comedy in there. Mm. Yeah, it's a very yeah. Again, I think a lot of it is more subtle. High than, standard. Than yeah, yeah, when maybe a high standard. When Susan Sarandon was so aroused, her cello caught fire, made me laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> cellos don't just catch fire like that. Only when just... Susan's aroused. Ask Tim Robbins. <laughs> Well, not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, you can still ask him, though. You can still ask him. He had 20-something like, yeah. years' experience. They were never. They were one of those famous Hollywood couple that didn't get married. Same with... Oh, oh, and there's my headphones. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry. I don't need to hear. Classic Lachlan breaking I'm assuming shit. everyone can still hear yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, headphones. Cool. Yeah, great. No, I, just, I don't know if he kicked out any other chords accidentally. That's fine. Classic Lachlan. Sorry. Chaos of this, sorry. It's the chaos of this scene. This is the one where it started to lose me completely. And I thought, it's the giant Jack Nicholson. Because they broke his true form. So, no, they broke his form that he, they made of him. Oh, and I get so that. now he's his true form. I just thought it was ridiculous. Well, of course it is. It's a comedy. <laughs> you, you fool. Of course it is, you fucking pleb. <laughs> get out of here. I know the movie's almost done, but get out of Wait, here. you think George Miller took it a little too far? <laughs> Are you fucking crazy? Have you watched any Mad Max movie? 
They're always fucking crazy. Lord Humongous? Lord what are you? I like this bit. Um, I thought it was this was very weird when they have the little... <laughs> little burnt fetus thing, because that's what remains of him still. Uh, it's so strange. And it makes the little noise. Uh, and then just disappears, a little pop noise comes along. I can imagine George Miller pitching this to the studio. And if you don't do this scene, I'm out. I'm not going to direct it. This well, is the 1987 version of Baby Groot. Wow. Could you... Man, you know it's a real bummer? We won't have Jack Nicholson being in the MCU. I would have loved that because he's been a DC character. I would have loved him just to be Tony Stark's crazy uncle. <laughs> hey, that would be a good scene. Hey, it's me, Uncle Jack. No, I, I'd like to see a version of uh, where he plays Stanley. No, where he plays um, yeah, Mark Ruffalo hulks out, but it just becomes normal Jack, Jack Nicholson. Normal <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Oh, I would love that too. He can't. He can't be in the Marvel MCU because he has a history. A history? Mm-hmm. What's the history? Doesn't matter. James Gunn had a history and he's gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey. topical. Boing. Yeah, but by that regards, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has a history and he's yeah, their face. Yeah, but, but they, but, you know, fuck that. We don't have continuity of <laughs> but our But it morals. doesn't make sense. You know what I really love about that whole James Gunn thing? Did they not look back at when he wrote Scooby-Doo and had and, and had Scrappy-Doo say, you don't have to scrote for the job? <laughs> <laughs> Did they not look at that and went, maybe not? <laughs> Oh, James Gunn let us know from the very beginning what type of guy he was, and they were still surprised. I mean, he wrote Tromeo and Juliet. Which ended on incest, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The old Nicholson family dilemma. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of episodes ago when we were talking about that, when we had Malloy on for Dukes of Hazzard, the reason why he found that line so funny was because he was thinking of Nomeo and Juliet. Uh-huh. Nomeo and Juliet. Oh, Nomeo and Juliet. And oh, man, incest. he's going to be pumped for Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie that asks, can we have Sherlock played by Johnny Depp? Finally. And After the all these is, years, yes. please, yes. Yet they still freaking hire Johnny Depp who beats women. But whatever. Fidel's playing the piano. And look, this is nice. Early in the movie, Jack Nicholson as Daryl said music's the only thing that humbles him and distracts him, Mm. which is that classic thing of, you know, often with music is cited to the devil Mm. or to hell. I like that Fidel is distracted by music and that's I also like that what leads a, to... I think, was it a fiddle that he was playing? Yeah, of course, because he's the yeah, devil. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought that Went down to Georgia. Nice yeah. Were any of you expecting there to be... A, not like... An end? <laughs> well, no, every film ends, but... um. No, there's some that don't. <laughs> The no, never-ending no. story. Actually, no. If you put the timeline right at the end, it ends. <laughs> <laughs> we must be watching try it. Movies. Try it sometimes, seriously. Boyhood. It took them 12 years to make. <laughs> and it's still going. The sequel. <laughs> uh, what I wanted to ask is, did anyone expect there to be some sort of twist with Fidel? Like, not necessarily no. like, oh, he was oh. the villain all along, no. but like something supernatural about him? No, no. I just thought he was a, uh, a humble servant. Yeah, I'm, so I'm surprised he didn't get slightly more screen time, I guess, in some capacity. But, but he got to shake like, a little rattle and go, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in his contract that so he must shake a rattle in every movie he's in. Look, it's weird because Fidel exists and he's a good guy. Mm. Mm. I think, I don't know. I think with what Jack Nicholson says in the movie about God and good and evil, like, I don't even think that he. I don't know. I think it's weird. I don't think, like, he's what you would expect the devil to be, like, pure bread unbridled evil like he actually raises several good points he actually has a com- moral compass of his own and he, i don't know it's kind of weird and then you have fidel who think servant of the devil means evil person as well right you, you no he's actually a great guy so it's a more realistic representation of what i evil mean if would anything like as. you know 
Fidel probably just found a shitty job on like you know Craigslist or something in the eighties. Yeah, the eighties <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> he saw he went to he saw a job board and was like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah I could do. He had that. to bend down to look at it though because he's really tall. Yeah, oh, maybe they put it at the top. Who says? You know, who's to say how tall this? Maybe job it was, board the, was. Just, it was the it was the only notice that was uh, pinned that high up that he could read. And he's like, well, it'll do. I'm glad that he, he that actor still gets a lot of work. I mean, he's a very interesting guy. In the new new se- series of Twin Peaks, he he got s- lots of dialogue and lots of things to do. Oh, that makes sense. The special effects makeups were done by Rob Button, who did uh, the special effects to the thing. Don't talk about buttons in front of Nick, please. It's Button, the thing. It's too close, man. Honestly, the thing, all those practical effects, and the mm. thing that was his first real ever movie he did. He was only twenty three. And I sit there and I look at myself like, fuck, I, I, when I was 23, I wasn't doing the best practical effects ever in a movie, ever. I mean, I'm 23 started now. This podcast. I started this fucking idiotic <laughs> podcast in which I talk about the greatest films ever made. And that leads us into the reviews that we're going to give on, on this because the film has unfortunately ended. I know. I'll start first because I'm, I'm a very talkative guy. I love the movie. I grew up with the movie. And yeah, maybe I do have a bias towards that. But I still think that this is an interesting story that, yes, we've heard before and we've seen it translated before. But and but I think it's the execution and the and the characters themselves. Because we talk about Jack Nicholson a lot, but the three women themselves are all very interesting characters and not just because of the actresses. I think that they're pretty well-defined characters and you kind of do understand why they're friends mm. but is it an unhealthy friendship because they're all friends because of their suffering of men and it's like the film kind of raises this it's like if we put the you know the candle towards the feet of this idea how how will it react because you know we have susan sarandon becomes really bitchy and possessive once she gets a man Mm. while Cher becomes a little bit more adventurous and happy-go-lucky, and Michelle Pfeiffer is a bit more fearful of it. It's the 1980s version of The Bachelor. Man, if Jack Nicholson was on The Celebrity Bachelor, oh. could you... <laughs> like, that's the post credit scene. Osher Gunsberg's going to come out right now and say, Jack Nicholson has two roses. Unfortunately, one, one of you ladies will be going home tonight. Much yeah. shorter film that way. The roses well. are given to the people who leave, right? Yeah. He gives them to himself and he's they, like, they, I'm too old for this. No, and they, they get given to people who stay. Um, Not important. This was a fun film. I enjoy it very much. I have a great attachment towards it. And I still think it uh, holds up and has some interesting concepts and ideas. I think George Miller is very talented. I think they put a lot of energy in, even though you can tell that the studio were fearful and uh, fearful of the creative vision that was put into it and tried to meddle with it. That is the one downside of the movie is... It's a movie that you can tell has been interfered with by the studio, which is always very upsetting to have, but it still works. One day I'd really like to see if they would ever have a director's cut of this, because I reckon you could have a bit more of a cohesive movie there. Because, mm. you know, George Miller, he no matter what you think about him, he has clear visions of what he wants to do in a movie. Mm. If I have to give this a rating, which I do... <laughs> it's your show, mate. Don't sound surprised. <laughs> I say it every episode. Yes. Um... I would give it's his this. Way of stalling. I actually know my answer. I just want to look at Nick dead in the eye and give him a little like raise of the eyebrow when I said it, which which I do. <laughs> um, I give this a wooden jar inside of a wooden can. That can't happen. Really? Why not? <laughs> you monster! <laughs> Jars are bigger than cans, dummy. Do you know that for a fact? Yes. I have a little I jar would, over there. I would say the majority of cans are the same size as that of a, the standard size jar. Well, Nick, since you're already talking, 
Uh, Lachlan, could you give us your review? She's already talking, please go. <laughs> She's already talking. If you could stop doing that so I may talk now. Um, rewatching this film, it didn't hold up for as much as I remember it as a child. Mm. Uh, that being said, it's an enjoyable film. Like It's one that you can pop on and, you know, it, it, it kills two hours. The climax at the end with the voodoo scene. It's crazy. It, it, it's crazy and that still holds up better than some films with special effects nowadays would hold up in, what did you say, 31 years later? 31 years later. 31 years later. Um, So, yeah, in that regard, you know, I I enjoyed it. And as as we spoke about multiple times today, it's surprising that a cast this great, a director this great, it it just hasn't stood the test of time. But, yeah, if you pop it on, kill two hours, I'll give it, Three forgotten children out of six forgotten children. Oh. That's pretty good. That's not bad. It's pretty yeah, good. Really I like forgotten children. Mm. Uh, Bartek? <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Nick. I'm not, I'm not overly offended. <laughs> well, <laughs> since, no, the logic is since you were talking, you don't do it. And since I'm not talking, I do it. You know, it's, mm. Okay, I'll just give my review again, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> Bastard, you I grew shoot. up with it. It was great. <laughs> I give it a jar out of a can, even though it makes no a sense. A jar in a can. That's what I said. Don't, oh, sorry, the thing I said made don't, sense. No, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, Logic has no place on this podcast. Do I need to do your review for you, Bartek? Hey, it's me, Bartek! <laughs> yeah, that's just every impression you do. <laughs> I've learned that Ryan's got one voice in him. <laughs> that's not and true. And it's Gilbert Godfrey no, fucking no, Vincent D'Onofrio. I, I have my female voice. Hey, it's me, Bartek! You know, it's Which very is different. also sort of your Josh Peck. Oh, no, my Josh Peck is pretty good. My young Josh Peck oh, give us your Josh impression Peck. is pretty good. Yeah. So... If you've seen the film Snow Day, yeah. he says, like, um, La- Man of La Mancha. For man, no- oh, man of La Mancha. Man, oh, man of La Mancha. It's like, oh, man, oh, man of La Mancha. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty dead on. It's not bad. I mean, the other one, Ryan, always See, now, here's what you got to do. you got to edit when you're editing this podcast. You edit out what you've just said I'm and put in the actual line. And then but, all no, no, your- it's pretty spot on. Actually, With all the, like, whimsical the, music behind it. If you it. see the movie, you'll hear it. And you're like, actually, Ryan nailed that. The other go-to impression that Ryan does is Paul Giamatti. Which is very similar to every other one, which is my <laughs> Paul Giamatti is, is, is an angry, exacerbated man because he got nominated for a Razzie for Big Fat Lion. It's like, hey, it's me, Paul Giamatti. I was in Sideways. <laughs> I was in... <laughs> Respect Bartek, me. rate this for us. And review it if you want. <laughs> do I have to or do if I want? You have to rate it, but you can review it. <laughs> That wasn't in the guidelines for this the show. I make up the rules as I go along. I'm a Witches of Eastwick boy. <laughs> Which sounds like the worst gang ever. <laughs> Dude. I was gonna really? say, so- Witches of Eastwick boys. Why do you think they've got... Um, like the pe- why do you think we've got gang? the public transport cops staying out on uh, train platforms till the end of the night? Because the witch- Witches of Eastwick boys are around. <laughs> there was you're you're going to pay for what you did. There's a late night screening out of the Aster and they get real riled up on the way home. <laughs> it's a Jack Nicholson enthusiasts out there. They're really fucking wild. Hey, at the in Melbourne, they have the uh, ACMI where they have all Acme, like... Acme, yeah. yeah. The Acme. Uh, <laughs> they actually call it the ACMI. I themselves. think that's actually that's not that's is that right in the heart of the M E L B O U R N R N E. But that's what they but that's what they actually call it at the Acme. They call it the ACMI when you walk no, in. No, no, no. I've taken a T R A I N there. Yeah. So, <laughs> what you know how they have the Mad Max car there? Yeah. How come they don't have Jack Nicholson there? <laughs> just uh, sitting just around as a living exhibit. <laughs> just 
smoking. And they're like, could you not smoke in here? And he just, he just throws an Oscar at them and goes, fuck off. <laughs> and I've got two more, motherfuckers. Bartek? Well, ACMI also has, well, sorry, Acme also has an Oscar there. I think they've they? got two. For Harvey Crumpet. They've got one for Harvey Crumpet. I think Kate Blanchett uh, donated one. So, Bartek, how many Kate Blanchets do you give it? <laughs> None. Okay. Because I have to give it my review first. Hit us. This movie is very good. I give it a Powie out of a 1987 drone. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and, um, Two spectacular I guess references. next we uh, we have got right to listen time to tonight. Nick. <laughs> We've got to listen to Nick talk. Okay, go on. Uh, uh, apologies to Matt Damon. We've run out of time. This was fine. I am never going to go out of my way to watch this movie again. I have very neutral feelings towards it. I like how it looks. I like the last scenes, but I didn't find the storyline terribly engaging in any sense mm. um and i yeah i did not like i did not enjoy that but i think because i mean as with a lot of 80s films and just how they hold up over time in terms of yeah visually and aesthetically i like the you know the warm glow and i like how where the play, where it was set so i just it was enjoyable to watch but not to listen to uh, no, <laughs> oh really i thought the music was awesome Oh look! Look at I mean, John Williams. Score. Score. I mean, like I'm it sounded like, like John Williams wanted to be Danny Elfman. I'm talking like dialogue <laughs> translating to storyline. Uh, like in general, okay. like I guess from a very, from a very, from an audio standpoint, yeah, it was fine. So, okay, I mean, not every- hard to get. Um, not everything can be surf so, ninjas level. Um, I give it. Well, I would love to give it a uh, three water bananas out of a surf ninja, if I may. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. He was very neutral on it. I'll tell his wife I said hello. Um, now imagine a surf ninja. That's like, a Futurama reference there for you. I will. The neutral people. My gut feeling says maybe. <laughs> Guys, the episode is nearly to a close, but for a fun little thing we didn't tell you before we started doing this was we like We're gonna to- watch it again in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> no. We it does have, sound like fun. We have gathered some um we. different opinions from online. Bartek has some reviews from IMDB. Because some people have some interesting thoughts about the movie. Right. Bartek's got a review for each one of us we can read, because why not? You like reading, don't you, Nick? Hey, you can I, join words I together. I definitely can read. <laughs> and Nick's like, I wrote them all, so I already know what I, they are. I definitely can read, and it's a skill that I'm fine to exhibit. Yeah, I um, <laughs> definitely am comfortable reading the English language right now. Those letters in orders. Bartek? Mm. You are, you've got to start us off. You're going to read yes. one or two straight off the bat, and then we can read one each. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, tell yeah. us what IMDb had to say, because I imagine they're all positive. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it a thumbs up. Uh, they're, they're not on the extremes of like a one or a ten, but they are all in like that middle range. Uh, there's, Nick wrote them, okay. Yeah, and I will just say, I don't know if you guys have listened to an episode before, but I always gather like YouTube comments and IMDb reviews just to get real opinions. Yeah, sure, that's a good idea. That's that's my... In air quotes. Well, we're professionals. These are people who just watched a movie, yeah. and they have an IMDb account or YouTube account, and they went, I want to share my fact. I, I want to share I, my I, opinion. I say real in air quotes because a lot of people think like, oh, it's on the internet, they're yeah. dumb. But that's this is the thing. Professional reviewers, they do all their little fluffy stuff, like Roger Ebert saying, this person was in this movie, and now they're in this film, and it's not as good, and that's the review. These are re- Dwayne The Rock Johnson gave me a cookie, so I give the movie a thumbs up. That's an actual review. <laughs> <laughs> These are real people for that had one? thoughts. No, for Race, Race to Witch Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> Dwayne so The Rock for... Johnson gave him homemade cookies, and he gave it a thumbs up. Not fair. Hey, what, do what you gotta do. These people aren't being paid. They're just giving their opinions. Right. And those opinions are... 
Yes, and I've gathered five. Two of them were very short, so I'll read both of them, but then we have one each. And all in the English language, again. 100% English, I promise. The first review is titled, This Movie is Disgusting. (laughs) It is from the 3rd of July, 1999. Mm. IMDb apparently exists a very long time. Oh yeah, we know that. Yeah, we do. We had fresh reviews for the Jonathan Taylor Thomas classic, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yes, we did. And this one has no rating. Oh, they loved it that much. Zero. The, the been, title is The Movie is Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. They, they made <laughs> it like that. this. They made it like this. The movie is disgusting. Sorry, this movie. This movie is disgusting. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> it was good at first, but then when it started getting towards the end, I wanted more and more for the movie to end and quit disgusting me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you like cherries, don't see it. Well... I, well, I like my favourite part of that is as it got towards the end, I kept waiting for it to get towards the end. Good. You're going to enjoy the rest you, of it then. You enjoyed what you got. You're in, you're in That's for how movies work. Expect. they got to ramp you up for the end. As we came towards the finish, I was looking forward oh, to, to the, the finish. Bartek, yep. another one you that got. That was the shortest one. This is the second shortest. It's just titled, Okay Movie. Wow. From the 29th... Are they saying it like it's an okay movie or okay movie? <laughs> like, settle down. <laughs> or they're ready we to... get it. Or they're about to fight. <laughs> okay movie as they roll up their sleeves. <laughs> I interpreted that as like, okay movie, it's whatever. Okay. Or maybe okay stand... No, we can't get into the... It's from the 29th of May 2000, day before my seventh birthday. Ooh, and it is same. a... For all of those playing along at home. <laughs> 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 Who have all, all, the, <laughs> all you time travellers out there listening to this? Who have their, their calendars at home marking days in relation to Bartek's birthday. Look, I don't care if they know my birthday, but just for the mathematically challenge, it's the 30th of May. Uh, Write guys, that down. we know who the real listener is, Bartek's mum, and she needed to be reminded when his birthday was. It was a hint, hint. She forgot this year, and he's really upset about it's it. tough. Did she? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I said yes, you probably would have believed right, Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I share a birthday with a cousin that's 20 years younger than me, so no one forgets. No one can forget. <laughs> so tell us about this unforgettable review. The rating is 3 out of 10. No, don't okay. clap at that. Oh, okay. <laughs> clap too many times. I have to do a reverse <laughs> clap. Yep. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> that's, that's how it would sound to you. That's how re- that's how rewinding sounds. <laughs> Go on, look it up. Hit me. This movie has good acting, but is overall nothing special. It also falls prey to a feminine liberation fantasy. <sighs> there is also no nudity. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, get, get. Three stars. <laughs> no, 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 get this, get this. Three out of ten. But there is also no nudity. Six out of ten. <laughs> I believe somebody who checks it out will fall prey to one of two hopes. Seeing one of the three beautiful female leads naked or a gripping, exciting witchcraft battle between them and Nicholson. In either case, they will be disappointed. I didn't even think of either of those options. I've never even thought about any of them, especially the nudity. No nudity. nudity. <laughs> three stars. Well, well, as we know, I was very anti the nudity because I wanted to refrain from being aroused. The one right there at the top. Uh, this title is called A Weird Chick Flick. <laughs> Dated to the 15th of March, 2015. Five out of ten. That's pretty good. Now, point out the red 
text also. Oh, this just... has spoilers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if so if you got to the end, if, of you, this... wait, if you're listening to this podcast but you weren't watching along with it, you might have does, spoilers. Does that mean to say they wrote that? <laughs> no, no, it's what I mean. You put down if, when you if put your spoilers. review has spoilers. It has the warning spoilers. In so it. Oh, okay. spoilers, spoilers. Just in case you're listening right now, <laughs> skipped right to the end to yeah. hear what we thought. Before that being I said, it. some reviews do have spoiler alert in them because right. they typed it. Yeah, I decided to get to this movie because the other movie I got a goofy movie made me uneasy <laughs> remembering how long ago it's been since I've seen it <laughs> but it turns out I was wrong a goofy movie a kid flick was better than this movie <laughs> but don't get me wrong or anything but this movie was weird and funny at some points yeah. while it failed in some places and made me feel like I was watching the adult version of Twilight though I do <laughs> like the two church scenes I'm breaking up because there's a lot of full stops in here the first one being where the woman starts screaming about whores and how she knows about what the three women are doing. The second scene I liked was when Van Horn was vomiting up cherries. <laughs> Overall, it was a good film, and I would recommend it to someone who enjoys these old campy 80s movies. Otherwise, I would pass this movie up. I mean, she liked... They, they liked they sound like scenes. they liked it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, five, but they only have five But what did ten. they think about the lack of nudity? Yeah, did they say? Um, it's 3 out of 10, but 6 out of 10. Maybe. Yeah. No. So pass it over Lachlan, give Not him the next one very, after very that. Very Okay, so this one is called Who Knew Witches Could Be This Hot? I did. <laughs> <laughs> this was written by Ryan. <laughs> A six-year-old Ryan. <laughs> hey guys, I got an idea. <laughs> Witch- hot witches. <laughs> witches. They're hot. Who'd have thought? And then, and then John Peters is sitting there stroking his chin like, mm, how can I work aliens into this? Go on, Olaf. Who knew witches could be this hot? Dated from the 20th of June, 2008. It's a 7 out of 10 review. Mm. They didn't mind it. All right, they okay. loved it. This might very well have been Ryan. <laughs> I would have given it a ten, buddy. <laughs> I feel like almost Ryan should be reading this one. Just nah, just okay. read it to us. Hit us. No, right. You can do one. your impersonation of me. <laughs> doing anyone? <laughs> doing <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey? Hey, Ryan. Who doing knew witches could be? Th- That's not Gilbert Godfrey. All right. Anyway, here we go. Uh, I might watch this film now and think it's terrible, but my memory of it was it's pretty decent. Cher, Susan Sarandon, and Michelle Pfeiffer play three smokin' witches, and they gang up in tormenting Jack Nicholson. I saw this when I was fairly young, so there's no doubt a lot of adult humour that went right over my head. I do remember a scene in which the three witches make Nicholson start coughing up chicken feathers. That kind of freaked uh, out my younger brain. Obviously, it's not the per- uh, the person to go for... Uh, 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 Obviously, I'm not the person to go uh, to for a thorough summary... Of this film. <laughs> I'll write a review anyway. <laughs> well, you did hear what his premise was. He saw it when he was younger. Yeah. Yes, Obviously, I'm not the person to go to for a thorough summary of this film, so you're forgiven if you ignore my comments entirely. <laughs> Grade B+. Plus. Fucking, I love how they still gave it up. I love how they reviewed it and at the end go, just disregard everything I said. Because obviously... Oh my god, I, I guess I did a bit, a bunch of foreshadowing on this because the next one is yeah, called... Yeah, I specifically wanted you to do this one, right? Smells like a Stephen King work in, bra- in brackets. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Okay, this is the full title. Oh god. Smells like a Stephen King work in brackets. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> 
I specifically wanted you to read this one, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it was written in 2017 on the 5th of April. 7 out of 10. Oh god. <laughs> Especially needful things because it's a devil coming to a small town to unleash chaos and mayhem as all devils he seduces especially women in, <laughs> in, bra- in brackets this is the strange point here this one is obsessed about how how uh, obsessed about their creation full stop i was sure to have a good with Michelle, and it was, <laughs> and it was. Cher left me always cold with her look obsession, but here she has something interesting. While Sarandon is a a bit less dreadful than usual. <laughs> Honestly, Nicholson is disappointing because he stays the same, the grace of an elephant in a porcelain store. He seems stuck to maximum volume. It's great when he is upset, but it's too much otherwise, and uh, and useless when the scene needs subtlety. I don't really understand his look here, and it seems unlikely a devil needs to book a trick. I guess he needs. I guess they don't do booking of tricks. Special effects by ILM are sometimes awful. In brackets, that tennis game. William's score is average, if not close to Harry Potter. So not a perfect movie, but great on girl power and sometimes more punchy than King himself. I like how they make it seem like Stephen King. When did the dad part come? I know, right? <laughs> was it written by... It's like... I'm it's written by it. Stephen King's daughter. Uh, th- this is on uh, Michael's account, but I'm going to let everyone know that it's his dad doing it. <laughs> no, I thought it was Stephen King's son or something. He's like, let you know he's my dad. Yeah, when I read that, I'm like, what? where's this going to go? So that's the end of the show, unfortunately. The movie has ended. We've read the reviews. Guys, it was so fantastic to have you on. I mean, Boy, this is the second here. time we've had guest podcasting. We had the San Dimas guys on for Johnny... Johnny Mnemonic and you guys for the Witches of Eastwick. Um, it's always fantastic. I mean, we've guested on your show. Indeed. It's a fun show for yeah. those who haven't had a listen before. Uh, is there an episode you would recommend? Like, is there one when you say, like, you obviously your favourites, but is there one where you're like, if you want to get to know what our style is, like, maybe check out this episode or just anything will do. I reckon you can jump in anywhere, yeah, really. It's good that it's not sequential. I would, I mean, if people listen to this, Boy Band of Brothers is the episode we did with you guys. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. I'd recommend that. It was, that was a lot of fun. Um... They, I think if you listen from the earlier days of the show to the more recent ones, you start to see us sort of drop mm. off and it gets a bit more chaotic, which I think is more fun. And it oh, makes I thought you were going to just say like drop off in terms of just like, I, I'm just depressed now. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fuck it. We'll make whatever movie we want. Just let it end. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Just kill me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would say look, Boy Band of Brothers is probably as good as anything yeah. to say, I would imagine. Or you guys done a live one, right? Yeah. We, we did. did do a live show. Yeah. You going to do it again? Uh, at the fringe. So we did Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2018, and yeah. then we're not—we're probably not going to do Fringe because just for timing at the moment, yeah, like yeah. We can't apply do it again at the yet. comedy next year. Hard to say. It's potentially good? never say how never. You, we, I, I have, I've listened to your copy of it. What's, what's it like to do a live version of just that anyway? Um, it's it's weird. I think, and I feel like I mean, we we can probably openly say this. Yeah, where well, we we I, definitely enjoyed it. From a performance aspect, is very fun. Hmm. We got we had a lot of people there, um, but I think that there was also a lot of people that necessarily didn't understand it what because it's very it it's a bit it's very like it's a very niche thing. Well, then tell them the review your dad gave. Dad, my, my dad's review was people laughed. They seemed to like it. So you know, 
That's all you can really ask. Is that a review of the audience? Um, no, of the, no, of the show. Yeah, oh, no. Point, we, went up, we went up to Nick's stand and go, so what did you think? And he goes, people laughed. Not they him, though. Not yep. him, though. <laughs> Not him, though. Da- da- like, Dad definitely isn't the demographic. I think I consider it, to, it was, like, reasonably successful. I think it's, hmm. you know, Man, it's We sold out. It was good. How's his podcast live shows going these Compa- days? Pitching fruit, uh, appliances, pitch fruit. whatever it is. Pretty good. They do like they do a weekly one at the local uh, fruit uh, at the RSL. <laughs> <laughs> the RSL. <laughs> yeah, we might do some live shows in the near future. Who knows? Well, see how we go. guys at home, check them out. The picture of this podcast. I mean, fun times had there. I mean, some really wacky, weird movies have been made there. Some weirder than Witches of Eastwick. Some weird, weirder than this, but you know we're the ones that cover the movies that not enough people are talking about, and this is one of them. Unfortunately, uh. You can find, I think, us. I don't know about you guys. We're on all the social medias. We're mm. on the Facebook, the As Twitter. We? Uh, we're on all. Do the... you want to plug anything else while we're here, Locke? Like, uh, when are you working at the pub next? <laughs> um, I'm what tr- pub? When can uh, I get a drink? Can we give it to me this for episode free? Episode comes out on Tuesday. So yeah. <laughs> give it to me for free. Uh, I'm trying to sell some couches on Gumtree, so I don't know. Give him a ring. Uh, we'll include the number and in the information below. Yeah. Uh, you know. We're on the. We're, Picture this as the podcast. Picture the, uh, at picture this pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace. I got us a MySpace. I, I saw that. Yeah. I, I was very happy with that. <laughs> um, yeah, it only took me a year and a half. We're well, on all the platforms. Yeah, we're too. on the iTunes. Spotify finally got around to putting you know, us on. I always find is weird at the back end of shows being like, "Hey, this is where you can find us." But like, you've, you're you've found you've us. Probably you've, found. Yeah, us. Yeah, but then they might be like, oh, "It's so annoying that I'm listening to this only available, I think, on the Spanish." streaming site for podcasts because Where there is ones? one you Spanish got that yeah we're on we're on a podcast site that's only for spanish people it's like it's all in spanish oh, good. <laughs> I, yeah, don't know why miss- I think it's missing our first 24 episodes or yeah something. because i guess we weren't spanish enough in the first 24 <laughs> if anyone bootlegs this in this information mm. we so to the spanish listeners hola i don't speak spanish or uh, polish so there you go mi nombre es señor nick amigo until next time Remember to be kind to each other out there because, you know, this film really was all about kindness at the end of the day. And the lack of kindness led to a lot of crazy things. And aliens. Mm.